Hello, and welcome to the Paper Dungeon Podcast Edition. In this episode, Edward has a mysterious meeting with his butler, our two eligible bachelors take some oaths, and our heroes head off to find Renaya's mentor. All this and more in this episode of the Paper Dungeon. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Paper Dungeon. Here we are on episode 13, which is super, super exciting. Um, we do have a few announcements to get through. Aaron's going to start with our first one. Hi. Um, yes, as usual, our, well, as our new usual, our merch store is up running. We have updated shirts. Um, hey. It includes, we also have some sweatshirts. Uh, we have sweatshirts of each of our shirts. We have our founding shirt. We have our pocket ginger shirt. We have the, sorry for what I said while I was role-playing shirt. All of those in sweatshirts as well. We've got stickers. We've got a mask. We also have hats and beanies. Check it out. If you buy stickers, use the code STICKERS in the store to get reduced shipping. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's it. No, that's that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, another quick announcement. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing a Christmas one-shot DM'd by the fabulous Ryan, who uh, I get to live with. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, and then the following Monday after that, the 28th, we're going to be taking that week off, and we'll be back in the new year on the 4th, um, with our regularly scheduled programming, Hannah's mad at me, but that's that's what we're going to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> you want to play Dungeons um, so yeah, and Dragons, look, DJ? I want to play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my gosh, that means that this is going to be the last episode for like three weeks. This yes. is the last episode of the year. Ooh, no! Hi guys, welcome to the last episode of the year. Last episode that's of the Paper Dungeon. I hope we all die. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm gonna leave you guys on a massive cliffhanger. What, dude? Just the biggest cliffhanger ever. It'll no. be great. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think that's everything that we have to announce. Then. Sweet. Anything else? No. I'm... Grant, don't do it. I saw it. I saw the look in your eyes. Uh, since we have nothing else, we're gonna move right past that. Well, let's go ahead and get started with the next episode of the Paper Dungeon. Welcome to Nicomuros, a world full of sprawling cities and dark secrets. In the wake of the trial, a divine act of righteous judgment, the world has been launched into an era of rebirth. But there are those who still lust for darkness and ruin. Follow us across the continent of Talyra, from the deserts of Elon Ryan to the fields of Rivaluna. Deep in the Bloom Rose Ocean and high above the Alisar Mountains, our story will see our adventurers through glory, fear, and fortune as they make their way through the Paper Dungeon. So where we left off, um, the last few episodes, we started off, or we'll start off with Renaya getting her revenge on Melancina, the hag that had been tormenting her and her friends. She finally got that righteous revenge, branding Melancina on the wrists um, and ending the little story that was developing there. After they had done that, they made their way through the uh, through the portal, through the veil that they had been through multiple times before and came upon the empty shop of Melancina four months after they had left. Um, 
They then proceed to look about the shop and gather a few different items. Have a was cursed. It's a big, it's a whole thing. Um, at which point they uh, decided to recover and recuperate at a local inn, specifically the twelve platinum inn, the twelve platinum cranes. They made their way through the city, discovering that it had been basically taken under new management. A man by the name of Prosius, one that uh, Melora now recognizes from um, her past, has not necessarily taken over the city, but become almost idolized here in the city of Athala, um, proclaiming that there will be one that comes after him and talking about um, freeing the people from the tyranny of the gods and how the people no longer need divinity to guide them and that they can make their own path through happenstance and a variety of other things um, they checked up on the temples to discover that each of the temples in the area of the city known as the home of the gods had been destroyed left in rubble and ruin with a large burned pile of holy texts and scrolls and relics and so on and so forth um, they also discovered a variety of different things the sunrise suite is no longer being used um, and Renaya and Kiyomura discovered that the catacombs that Kiyomura had been using to help find and um, keep the lost children uh, has been shifted over into more of a laboratory type of situation. Um, through a little bit of combat, they managed to escape with um, the, the configurations of a new spell that had been worked on there and made their way back to the crane. Um, Havel had also begun trying to find a cure for his ailment, um, but hasn't been able to find any allies here in the city as they've all been ran out of town. Tarak managed to get um, permission to leave the city from um, an old friend of his, and him and Renaya actually left the city. We ended the session with Edward and Havel having gone to the fellow's estate to um, talk to Ed, uh, Edward's butler, Charles. Um, and just as they were leaving through some shenanigans and close calls, Havel managed to escape without causing uh, any concern, and they both managed to make their way back into the city. Um, and that is where we left off, and that is where we're going to pick up. So, Havel and Edward, you guys just left the fellow's estate and are beginning to make your way back through the city down to the lower rings. Um, I believe your guys' plan was to meet outside of the city. Yes, it was. So we have to get past the guards. I say we just walk through. Just walk through. I mean... We can't cause a ruckus, Havel. Don't do anything that you'll regret. I've never done such a thing before in my entire life. I... Hmm. <laughs> I could say so many things right now, but Havel, I'm holding my tongue until we get out of this. I'm going to change into a human. I'll change into a human. I'll walk through. Don't do anything why, crazy. Why do you? Why do you? Why do you have to disguise yourself? Aren't you? Um, you're a fellow. Just, just go with it. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Edward casts disguise self. Okay. In his ears, basically just. Turn into normal ears. <laughs> the only change, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a little bit more scrub. You go from your finer half-elven features to a little more rugged, more human-esque uh, features, um, basically looking the exact same, except for a lacking pointed ears. Um, and you guys begin making your way through the rest of the city, um, making your way to the front gate, one of the front gates. You can either go to the eastern or western gate. Which one would you like to go to? Which one is closer to the graveyard? 
uh, the Eastern Gate. Then I would suppose the Eastern Gate then, right, Havel? Sure. Cool. <laughs> Beautiful. So you guys make your way through, uh, back through the front of the city on the lowest ring towards the, actually you don't even have to make your way through the rest of the ring because the staircase that curls down from the second level down to the first level just goes right to that eastern gate. So you guys head down the stairs going from that second level down to the first level and then are right there at the gate. Um, similar scene to what Renaya and Tarak saw. Uh, there's a variety of different people coming in and out of the city with a good number of guards that are more just keeping an eye on on the uh, traffic that's coming through. Every once in a while, someone will get stopped and papers will be presented. Um, you guys pull up your hoods and begin making your way out of the city and you are not stopped as well. Nice. You step outside and Nailed you can it. see yourself. Um, the entrance to the city and this mountain is basically on top of a, of a large hill, basically. And at the base of the hill is where a lot of that farmland begins. Um, and you look upon a similar scene to what Renaya and Tarak looked upon, the large swaths of farmland with irrigation canals making a grid pattern in front of the mountain um, lays before you. And you can see just every once in a while a dotted tree here and there. And as you look to your right, you can see um, Renaya and a well-hooded Tarak um, leaning against uh, a tree over there. I believe we were playing freeze tag, right? Yeah, you guys, yes, exactly. You guys were playing freeze, freeze dance. Oh, freeze, freeze dance. dance, excuse me. Very different games. Uh, as we approach, Hevel's just. I assume there's like a bit of space between the gate and. Yeah, they're about like a, you know, 50 or so yards away from the gate. Yeah, while we're kind of walking towards them, um, as we approach, Hevel's just like. <sighs> Edward. Look, I'm really not in the mood to have words with you right now. I was just going to say that you have a very kind family. Um, yes, my mother's quite kind. She's she's a kind woman. You can see um, where I get it, right, Havel? Shoots him a look. <laughs> I, for, as far as I can tell, I do believe that you uh, perhaps maybe present yourself more like your father. No offense. Wait, you think I present myself like my father? Well, that's a compliment. He's hardworking. Uh, by the way, why? Why? I can't. I cannot perceive, Havel. Why you would think talking to my mother was a good idea and going into my estate when I clearly said, hey, stay outside my estate. Do you realize what could have happened? You could have been arrested, right? Unlikely, that would be real sure. bad. That'd be real bad. What? Tell me what your motive was. Information. Information. Hmm. So instead of asking the fellows you know, you thought, might as well just put myself at risk and ask the the, the, the mother of him. Like, well, how does that make sense? The, the problem is, is that the fellows I know doesn't quite know what I need to know. And that is... You think something? You think my mother would know something I wouldn't? That you would need to know. I was hoping that perhaps you would be a little bit more acquainted with the sides that I have an inkling your father carries. But it appears she does not. Doesn't matter. You're so confusing sometimes. I, I have no clue what you're talking about. I think that your dad has been doing things on the side that might be a bit interesting. 
but mm, like maybe golfing perhaps. or something of that that esteem. Look, my my father is not some kind of crazy like side vigilante criminal, whatever you want to say. He's not like that. But he he's just, a golfer. He really cares about his business, and he really cares about the state of the city. And if things get in the way of that, he doesn't like it. But he is a golfer. I don't know. Maybe. I. I was just saying that because it fit, right? Even more interesting yet. Hey, look, there's Tarak and Renaya. <laughs> you guys wouldn't believe what I just went through with Havel. That was a fun um, time. I think we would. You probably would. Renaya is picking up on my actions. <laughs> Do you remember when I said that Renaya might be a better candidate? For what? You know for what. For what, Edward? You know. You know. You're Edward. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking in your perspective. <laughs> Stop twisting my words, Havel. <coughs> Renaya, next time you're going with me. Okay. If there is a next time. I am Do you want to join our freeze dance game? I'm not in the mood. And he stomps off and sits behind the tree. Havel just kind of goes, what's freeze dance? <laughs> She's really um, good at it. Yeah, I I haven't won yet. I don't understand. Mm -mm. Do you know the rules? What? Um, I'll <laughs> hum a song. And then when it stops, you have to freeze, and if you don't freeze, then you lose. Wouldn't you have the advantage? No. Seems fair enough to me. All right. <laughs> um, sure. As you guys begin playing your game, Edward, you go back around the side of the tree in a little huff um, and begin just taking off your bags and your jacket and just setting your stuff down, getting ready to sit there for a while. Um, when you feel a slip of paper in your pocket that wasn't there before, you... Uh, what's this? <laughs> you pull it okay. out, and there's a small slip of paper um, that simply says, Can't talk, meet later, sunset, Charles. Oh. Oh. What could this mean? Can't talk... Not wait. What did it say? <laughs> Said uh, can't talk. Not safe. Or can't talk. Meet later. Sunset. Um, at paper cranes. Sorry, key key thing that I forgot there. At paper cranes. Charles. Well, that's quite peculiar. Why wouldn't he just talk to me where we were? Sunset. At the... Oh, that means I have to get back in the city. Uh, what time is it? Um, it's probably about, oh, four o'clock by now. So sunset. Ooh. No. Shoot, it's getting close. It's well, actually, not, actually, actually, out of the actually I forgot. Season. We're not. Sunset yeah, we're is not, probably we're not in, winter anymore. Yeah, sunset's probably in about two to three hours. Hmm. I, just, I just realized. Does that mean that daylight savings exists in our... In our world. I'm gonna skip that question at the moment. <laughs> hey, okay, I'm going to hey, ooh. <laughs> Remember way back. Hmm. Way back. Way back. Mr. Diaz. Yes, I do. When I, I received a letter from I don't know. And it was in my room and it was sealed and I couldn't open it. Okay. I remember that he letter. Finally remembers Mr. DM. Okay, let's see if I can. Something find I don't write things down. I did it, guys. Um, and so I want to pull that out. Okay. 
Is there any writing on the outside of the letter? Do I don't remember. I don't uh, think there was. There was um, Edward on the front of it. <gasps> I'm going to compare the head ri- handwriting they of are, the little note in the letter. They are different handwriting. Okay. That's not him. Very intriguing. Why wouldn't he talk to me right there? I was... Hmm. The paper cranes, eh? What are you up to, Charles? Okay. And I'm just going to put my stuff back, put my letter back. That was zipping it up. Although I imagine they don't have zippers. So yeah, that was me clasping. Um, But somehow it made the zipper sound. It was great. Um, (laughs) uh, And then I suppose, hmm. Edward's just gonna, for now, he's going to wait probably about an hour and a half, an hour or so, probably give himself about an hour to get where he needs to be. Okay. Um, which I'd imagine that'd be enough time to get to the second ring from where I was. Yeah. Or would I need more time? Yeah, no, that'd probably be just about enough time. Perfect. For now, Edward's just going to sit there playing a little bit here and there on his loot, mm-hmm. thinking, maybe writing in his journal Ooh, every okay. now and then. Very nice. And he'll wait. Okay. Is there anything else that the rest of you guys want to do in this hour and a half or so of time? Aside from playing freeze dance. Do I win? <laughs> uh, everyone make a, a, a intelligence saving throw. Oh, I would, say, saving I would say, throw. say I would say performance check. No, no, no. Intelligence saving it doesn't, throw. It doesn't matter. Are they smart uh, enough to stop when the music does? Hannah's, uh, Hannah's dice coming in. A... With a weird one at a nat 20. Oh! <laughs> hey Which is a total of 12? Um. Total of. What, you said intelligence or performance? Mm-hmm. Uh, intelligence. Um, 25. And we're not? Dirty 20. What was that? What? Dirty 20. Dirty 20? Oh, so, let's go! You guys are playing, and you play for a little bit. And Havel's beginning to get good. He's getting to the point that he knows when you're going to stop before you even know that you're going to stop. And it's just, it's, it's almost, it's concerning. It's weird for a second. He like just barely stops moving just as you're about to stop. And you're like, but he wins. How, how... This is a fun game. Okay. You two had to work something out before this. I don't There's no way... It was uh, like you read my mind. Maybe I am. It's part of the curse. That is definitely cheating. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just that good. Anyways, I wonder what's going on with the rest of the people. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Kath Transition. Actually, dead. no, we're not transitioning. So, <laughs> Dang it. Edward, your hour and a half goes by before um, it begins to get to the point where you... Think that you're gonna have about enough time to get back to the paper cranes in time just before sunset what do you do okay i'm about to have some words with charles so inconvenient uh edward gets up okay puts his loot on his back and says oh gosh and he looks at them and says he peeks around the tree and he's like um hey guys yeah hmm. I'm a little worked up. It's been quite the day. I'm just gonna go for a short little walk. Okay. If you don't mind. Don't take candy from strangers. 
Now, is that something I would do, Havel? Maybe. Wait, are you... When will you be back? Mmm... I don't know. An hour or two? Something like Curfew's that. Curfew's at eight. Curfew's at eight. Yeah, I won't... I won't be in the city. I just want to enjoy the nature. It usually calms me down. It's like, okay. uh... What, what time is it right now? Like, around, like... It's, it's about 5.30 or so. 5.30? Yeah, um, so you got, you well, got a remember, little bit of time. Uh, we're supposed to wait for people until um, 6.30. So try to be, you know, around that time. Sure thing. Don't, don't you worry. I'll make sure I'm back promptly. Alright, have a good walk. <sighs> Goodbye, everybody. Havel, you're not off the hook. And he starts walking away. <laughs> I never expected to be... Did he put you on a hook? Uh, momentarily, yes. <laughs> it was quite strange. That doesn't sound healthy. Oh. You're like a I... little worm. Yeah. Well, okay, okay, do you need that like looked at or, or meat? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just like a pig ready for slaughter. Whoa, much. whoa. God? Alright, God. Why does the DM's <laughs> mind work like that? That's, that's, that's well, This is why I'm the DM and you guys are the players. <laughs> so, Edward. You make your way back into the city. Um, the traffic nice. has begun to dwindle, and it's not quite as many people going in and out. You're one of about three or four people that are coming in. Um, and you're allowed to just walk into the city. Curfew hasn't begun. Um, and you can see uh, if you go to what would be your left or west, you could go over to the, uh, to the western staircase that leads up basically almost directly in front of the... Um, the 12 platinum cranes or you can go up the eastern staircase and then cut across the stalls and the second floor um, to get to the 12 platinum cranes how would you like to get there i would like the first option because okay. that's faster yes um you begin making your way through you look behind you and see melancina's shop just in the little distance um, and you begin making your way the opposite direction through the variety of shops and inns and taverns and little buildings and plazas and everything that uh, kind of is almost put on display here in the front of the first ring for visitors to see basically as they make their way up to the second ring. Um, you know that once you get past those staircases and so on and so forth, um, it's really when you get into really what the city is actually like. Um, and so you begin making your way through this little bit nicer area of town before heading up the staircase, um, the western staircase that leads up to the second ring. You get up the stairs and come out just past um, a few of the shops that you know of, um, just on the western side of the large area of town known as the stalls, where a bunch of people hang out and sell their own little goods, and you begin making your way towards the 12 Platinum Crates. The large building um, with the, not Roman pillars, but posts outside, and the 12 little cranes on the top of the first story roof. Um, it's two stories tall with that uh, first roof that kind of wraps around it, and then a secondary roof, um, and there's 12 little cranes, um, decorative cranes, almost like gargoyles, but they're just their cranes um, on the lower roof and you enter you can see um, Antoine the bartender is serving a few different people there's a variety of people here in the bar um, it's probably the busiest that you've seen it um, probably about 12 to 15 patrons um, strewn about a couple of them together two of them by themselves there's this general hustle and bustle of the of the building as Jericho and for the first time what you can see is a couple other people working um, here at the here at the Patel Platinum Cranes, and in the corner, hooded in one of the booths, you recognize um, the 
attire of your longtime butler and friend, Charles. Okay. <clears throat> Edward uh, walks up to Antoine real quick. Mm-hmm. He looks over, sees Charles, uh, and walks up to Antoine. Uh, hello, Antoine. how can I help you? Oh. Hi there, nice to see you again. Fellows, right? Um, yes, just call me Edward while I'm here. Edward, um, that gentleman in the corner, yes. I point him out, the hooded man. Okay. Um, I'm meeting with him. All right. Has he had anything to drink yet? Uh, no, he's been by himself as far as I'm aware. Could you bring me two of two glasses of your finest wine? I can do that, yes. That would be uh, one gold piece. Uh, no problem. And he, he sets a gold piece down on the counter. Thank and you. if you could be prompt with it, that would be wonderful. I will be right away. Thank you very much. Um... You can see Jericho gets to work. He goes into the back room, pulls out a bottle, um, uncorks it, and begins um, laying it aerate before eventually he does pour it, and then begins bringing it over to you guys. Um, and I'm still standing at the counter at this point. Yeah, so he stands there. Uh, he lets it aerate for um, a good little while before eventually pouring it and handing you two glasses. Here you are. Perfect. Thank you very much. Of course. Um, Anything else I can get for you? Uh, not for now. I'll come back here if we need anything. If Sounds you could let, let us be for a minute, that'd yes, be great. 100%. Um, Hedward kind of scuttles over, um, kind of silently walks up to the table right. and says, Charles, ah, why did you summon me here? Here, have this. Have this. Thank you. I got that so we're not bothered. Perfect. Why didn't you just talk to me while I was at the house? What's this about? This is really inconvenient for me. I have a schedule. I, I'm sure you do, Edward. Um, are you safe? At least. Aside what do you mean? Have you gotten out of town? Or at least do you have plans to get out of town? Yes, I'm with that group of people that okay. I talked about. Good, I'm glad. So, I couldn't talk to you because there are people in your father's house that would rat me out, I suppose. But you... What do you mean? You should be aware of why I'm there. You asked me why I didn't leave, and I lied to you. I'm... Oh? I'm a part of an organization that keeps an eye on different powerful beings who could be causing problems for the material plane. (laughs) Wait. You're saying that you're part of some organization that... Yes. And I will ask you this before now. If I tell you about it, you're going to put yourself in a lot more danger. Hold on. And wait, this could be beneficial for your education and for where you're going, and they could provide resources, but it also, like I said, puts you in a lot more dangerous situations. And I can't answer all of your questions now. I can just tell you the basics of it. Charles, I I don't understand. So you're saying this whole time you've been part of something behind my father's back? Behind my back? Yes. Is this... And it's dangerous. It can be. My particular instance is more... Low-key, I guess you could say. Charles... Or not Charles. I do that all the time. Edward leans in. Mm -hmm. And squints at Charles and says... And whispers, you are not a criminal, are you? No, I'm not a criminal. No, being a criminal would be easier. A vigilante? No, not a vigilante. I I guess you could say I'm more of a spy. 
a spy now for another country for there are, I, I, I don't that... I'm not following do you want to know more about this or not well of course I would okay uh, what else do I have to lose <laughs> I'm a part of an order known as the order of the chosen they are an order of knights warriors and scholars who were appointed by Lanantari herself, the mother goddess, to help protect the material plane and its resources. Uh, so this is religious then, like a church? To a certain extent, yes. It, it is religious. A temple order? Yes. Um, it's, a, it's a world organization um, that is based uh, in a variety of different places. Um, I am a part of a subsect of this order that follows the family reign. Um, to give you a brief description, when the Age of Pandemonium took place, most humanoids and mortals began to stray from the laws and paths that Lanantari set for us, and that is where a lot of the Pandemonium came from. There were three families that did not, the family Thane, the family Artemis, and the family Rain. Um, so what you're saying is those few families were the ones that weren't straying from what the gods were telling them to do? From what the god. At that point, the gods hadn't been appointed. Only one. There was only god one. The mother goddess, Lanantari, the one who created everything. Hmm. I'm not versed in this. It's not common. It's it's You have to be fairly well religious to know this far back. Um, or well educated in religious histories. Anyway... These three families, after the trial, were then granted uh, domain, I guess, over the material plane and the rights to help protect it. They work with the gods and they work with other organizations and governments and people to help maintain peace on the material plane. Um, my specific subsect, the family reign, our dominion is over the weave, magic. It is over understanding and protecting the weave and expanding upon our knowledge of it um, your father okay wait so are you saying you're a part of one of these so-called families that keep the peace i'm not and you do magic i'm yes no yes kind of so i can i can do little magic very very small but what why didn't you show me because it wasn't i've been trying to learn that would have been I really, you already know more than I do. It's, it's not a big deal. But your father and his dealings with Audronite and how it pertains to magic and the weave and enchantment and all that could have, it not could have, it caused suspicion. So I was assigned to your father's family. I was sent in to go undercover and become uh, a trusted ally of his to learn his secrets. Um, that is why I know so much about him and so much about his business. You've been going behind my father's back and telling others about his business? Yes and no. I mean, yes, I have. But more like the things that could cause a lot of people to get hurt and a lot of people to die. And I already failed letting Prazius come in and your father to work with him and allow all of this. That I should have stopped him, but I didn't. And that's on me. But here, I want to give you this. And he pulls a small coin out of his uh, pocket um, and he slides it across and on it you can see um, the head of a dragon almost kind of similar to the symbol of Athala but instead of a hydra it's a single dragon curling back and around the rim you can see um, a 
a line of text in a language that you don't understand, trimming, uh, trimming the edge of this coin with that dragon kind of pressed, uh, the background pressed down so that the um, dragon pops up out of the coin and hands it over to you. This is our symbol. I've never seen this symbol before. That's good. That means that we're doing our job right. Um, this is our symbol. Go to the Scholar's Guide. It's a library. Go to the Scholar's Guide and they'll be able to help you a little bit more. If you can show this to them, they will be able to help you out. And if you want Charles, to know, what? I, I don't know if I have time for this. When you have time, they'll be able to help you. They'll be able to teach you, educate you. Ah, Charles, I don't know what to do. You want to help people, right? Yes. This is a good start. Get out of the city, do what you need to do, then go to that library. So I don't have to do this right away? No, you don't have to do it right away. So I might have to think about this. Joining some strange temple-like organization that went behind my father's back? That's a lot to ask. Yeah, it is. You're right. But it's what I can do for you. Or it's at least the start for what I can do to you. For you. You said this was worldwide. Yes. How I have not how have I not heard of this? It is a very small organization. Uh, at the moment I think that there are no more than three or four hundred members in the whole Does world. my father know of this? He's aware of its existence. They don't get along. Why not? Because your father likes to do things that could potentially cause harm to the material plane, and we don't like that. Like what? Well it's probably Aldronite, right? It's yes. it's a bit sketchy. It can be, and Fits in the, the wrong people hands. that he sells to, more often than not, are ones that, with enough Ardronite and the quantities that he can sell them at, could have great harm. He mostly sells to, you know, DM. Does he mostly sell to, like, militant reasons, or, like, he sells stuff to like that? Of what does people? Edward think? Um, the most noble of his sales mostly goes towards colleges um oh. you know like wizarding schools stuff like that around the world um along with uh, high-end enchanters different businesses and well-established organizations that create and uh, maintain magic items um the kind of the main purpose Epic. of Audra Knight. um that's probably what he would have told you a lot about um you also do know that your father wasn't really afraid to sell to basically anyone um, that's just more who, mm. you know, when he would go to functions or any public events, those were the highlights that he would talk about a lot is these gotcha. different schools and um, well-off organi well organizations that he would help um, provide the materials that they needed. Okay. Edward, Edward says once again, kind of leaned in a hushed voice, Charles, you know as much as I do that my father does a lot for the world, for the society. He does. He he gives, he gives to, well, or makes things for ourselves to educational purposes and, you know, things that will better society, make more things possible. He does. How, how, he also sells to black market organizations. Under black dark. market. My father. Yes. Have you learned nothing in the last two days of what I've told you? I thought he hated the black market. Said that it made things messy. It makes things messy, but it makes him rich. Edward, do what you wish with this information. But this is what I can do for you. I must get back now. Your father will Hold on. I am. What? You said this group, the order whatever of the it may be. The Chosen. You said that they could help me. 
they can help you. There are no how. There are no mages more adept in the weave than those that serve the family reign. There are no soldiers who will be stronger at protecting you than those in the family Artemis. And there are no historians that know the world and the history of the mature plane better than those of the family Thane. Hmm. By access, by being granted access to this organization, which they might not allow, I can simply just open the door for you. They have to let you through it. But by having access to this organization and these people, you will have the world at your fingertips. Okay. I'm not saying okay to joining. Go but I'm the, saying okay to thinking about it. Go to the library. Let them talk to you. The library is down in Elon Ryan. It will be quite the journey to get there, but it will be worth it. Will I see you there? No. Hmm. If you see me again, it will be in the service of your father or on a pike. On a pike? Just depends on if your father finds out. Like I said, he has ears everywhere. I don't know what to think anymore. Edward stands and kind of stands next to the table. Um, and, he, and then he turns to Charles, standing above him, says, I think I believe you, though. That's and, good. well, that's the scariest part. I know it's hard, Edward. And I wish that it wasn't true. I really do. <sighs> Edward sighs, takes his glass of wine and just kind of chugs it. It sets it down. Charles lifts up his other glass. Oh, it's done. I finished it all. Did not my glass. But I'll make a cheers, I guess. Cheers <laughs> to the world crashing down around us. Edward, I was offering um, you my glass. Oh, sure. <laughs> he grabs that too, I suppose. <laughs> takes it, But he doesn't drink it all, just takes a sip and sets it down and he says I have one more question takes off his bag gonk on the little whatever it is chair or whatever bench and he takes out the letter and he looks at Charles and holds it out for him to see and he says this was left on my bed the day I left I assumed maybe it was from a teacher like a tutor or maybe I don't know I don't know what I was thinking you don't know anything about this, do you? I also want to ask DM. As I ask that, I want to see if the symbol is the same as the coin, or if it's different. The symbol is not the, the same. Symbol as the symbol on the wax seal, I mean. The symbol on the wax seal is the seal of your family's business. Um, okay, good. Uh, of the um, Fellows and Co. Right? That's the, okay. Yeah, Fellows and yeah. Co. Um, Charles takes the letter. This looks like your father's handwriting. My father's handwriting? Yes. I can't open it. It's magically sealed. My father doesn't Charles have magic, opens does it. How did you do that? I've been trying. I've tried so many times. Have, have I you? couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out even like I just, I just, how he... Just opened it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Fine, I well, guess. Here, I just... let me let me look. I know very very little, but 
he like begins looking at the arcane symbols that were on um, that surrounded the the um, seal. Uh, let's see if he can do this. Okay, okay. This looks like a basic spell that uh, simply prevents you from opening this letter for two weeks. Oh, I just I should have tried later. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Well, okay. It's from my father. Um, I don't know how to feel. Should we read it together now? Should I wait? Would you? I'm afraid of what it might say, Charles. Would you like me to read it? Why yeah. don't I read it first, and then I'll tell you. Read you if it you're... first. <laughs> Please. Pulls what if out... it's like? What if it's him telling me how much he loved me? This was given to me on the day I left. He... I couldn't handle that, Charles. <laughs> he opens I'm an letter. emotional man. <laughs> I feel things deeply, Charles. He begins reading. Stoically. <laughs> takes the first page. Takes the second page. Puts them back. Folds the letter back what? up. But what did they puts say? Puts it back in the seal. Um... I don't know if you want to read this. And why is that? It's not some spy reason, right? No. Um, this is a letter from your father condemning you. For your actions. For what actions? For leaving, betraying him, betraying the family business, leaving your mother, being a failure in your schoolings, being a failure to your family. Um, never living up to your potential and a variety of other things. How does he not see that I work so hard? It makes me angry! Do you <sighs> want the letter? I don't know. I guess I'll keep it. He just sets it down on the table and slides it slowly over to you. You're not lying to me, are you? You're welcome to read for yourself. I don't know if that'd help anything. Edward, I am truly self-failure. I knew he wasn't... I knew he wasn't proud of me. I know he didn't like me. He didn't like the effort I put in. He'd never noticed. My mother was the only one that really ever noticed anything. I know you saw that. It's so frustrating. Would a... Uh... Would a hug make you feel better? Charles, I don't know if I'm in the mood for one. But maybe. Charles stands up and pulls you into a very, very tight hug. Edward's just angry, really. Furrowed brows. Mm -hmm. And while, while he's in Charles' embrace, he says into his chest, kind of, I just don't get it. I know that your father is not much of a father, but he uh, he then pulls you back and grabs the side of your head. But I hope, I hope that you know that I love you and that I am very proud of you. That means so much. Charles, part of the reason why I left is because I thought that maybe I could make my father proud. 
with the progress I make apart from the business. Maybe I could grow the business even further with those in other, those in other, well, social classes and economic bases and whatnot. And so I guess I'm trying to ask, do you think that this organization might help me along? Make him proud someday with what I've done? Edward, you should live a life that you can be proud of. Not one that your father would be. Let your life be your own. You are free of him now. Do not let him dictate your choices. <laughs> well, I guess he kind of doesn't want to, does he? <laughs> Maybe he's happy that I'm gone. He can't screw things up anymore over there. I'm so sorry, Edward. It's fine. I've had a long time to be upset at him. It's not new. It is true. <sighs> I'll think about this thing. He holds up the coin. Good. I don't know what it is, but it might be my only shot. Good. I should get back. Your father will be missing me soon. I'm sure. <sighs> I don't want you to go. I hope I do see you again soon. He pulls you into another hug and squeezes tightly. I'm sure we will see each other again. That would be nice. Yes, it would. Shoot, maybe I'll be able to tell you the story. <laughs> I've been through so much. I. You have no clue. I look forward to hearing it all. And he kind of passed the side of your face before turning and quickly making his way out the door. Leaving you in the what you can now hear again, uh, the hustle and bustle of the of the uh, tavern. Um, you can see Antoine cleaning a variety of different girls um, and guys, just seeing about uh, a variety of different races, people helping out, um, different waiters and waitresses helping, um, and you were left alone in the twelve platinum cranes. Uh, Edward sits, opens his journal, <laughs> writes a bit, sits, thinks a bit. Um, takes Charles' glass of wine, finishes it, mm -hmm. um, and then heads out of the city. Wait. And does he pass ever Igor's shop? Uh, you can take a route to pass Igor's shop. Um, it's not the same route that you... Okay. I'd like to do that. Okay. Yeah, you go back through the... the uh, you go... I'm assuming it'd be closed. You head eastern... East... Um, through the second ring towards that secondary staircase um, and around there you can find um, Igor's shop yes okay um, I'm assuming Igor isn't outside it's probably past sundown it's getting uh, yeah it's past sundown um, it's getting to the point that it's dark there are several um, oil lanterns um, hung throughout the city to uh, illuminate the streets a little bit and you can see that the forge is cold and there's no lights on in Igor's house okay um, Edward kind of walks up and is there like a area behind the counter or anything or like the, the something workshop like that? itself is empty um, you can't see that there there isn't a counter or anything like that um, there is one little like workbench um, that has a chair okay. behind it uh, I'd kind of like to if there's a place where it would be hidden I'd kind of like to take well first I'll take off the jacket mm -hmm. and just lay it down on the on the 
table or bench, workbench. And then Edward will take his quill and ink Mm. and a piece of his notebook Mm. and he'll rip it out and write, "Um, this jacket served me well. Thank you. Mm. I kind of tattered it a bit. (laughs) Buy yourself a new one. And then a dash and then Edward. And then it says, P.S., if I ever run into you again, let's chat, period. Okay. Um, and Edward kind of tucks that in the pocket poking out mm-hmm. and then kind of drops, or not drops, like kind of folds in half and then lays the blanket down, not the blanket, the jacket mm-hmm. down behind the workbench out of sight. Okay. Yeah, you tuck it onto, there's a, um, a lower shelf on it, so you tuck it in there. Um, so anyone that's looking upon the workshop from the outside wouldn't be able to see it. They'd have to go inside the workshop and around to the desk to be able to see it. Perfect. That was the goal. And then Edward heads out of the city, okay. hopefully. Yeah. Without any trouble. You begin making your way down the eastern staircase just as you and, Tarak, or you and Havel did um, the first time. And now you're basically at the point where there are no people coming in and out. Um, you can see there are dimly lit oil lanterns that um, that illuminate the gates just around it. And you can see that there are um, four guards, two in, the, uh, two in these little um, kind of buildings built into the wall uh, that you know to be part of the barracks. Um, and then two more outside just standing guard. And you begin to make your way through the gate and nobody stops you. Nice! You leave the gate, and you can find um, Renaya, Havel, and Tarak all at the same tree that they were. Okay, Edward's walking up, says, I'm back. Had a good walk. It was thought-provoking. <laughs> Havel won. Edward kind of walks past everybody and sits down at the tree again. Okay. Just sits there. You sit down and reflect on your thoughts. We're going to jump over to Cather, Melora, and Kiyomura. So, if you guys remember way back when, um, you guys basically left in the morning to head to Calivon, um, what you know to be a graveyard on the upper ring, um, on the actual eastern cave side, not on the cave side, but on the um, hillside above the cave, um, deep into the mountain. You guys, the three of you, Kiyomura kind of leading the way as he's kind of in a hurry, begin making your way back through the city, leaving the 12 Platinum Cranes, making your way down the uh, western staircase and out the western gates before heading across the um, the hillside in front of the in front of the walls, making your way over towards the uh, what you know to be the eastern ridge. As you begin making your way through, you find bushes and gravel and a lot of uh, a lot of rocks and just uh, a very very rocky hillside um, a very mountainous terrain and Kimor kind of looks at you guys and goes do you think this is where we need to go uh does it does this path because because edward described it to us right mm-hmm. yeah he said that it does was it- a uh, a graveside a graveyard on the eastern rim of the cave, um, basically off this really well, not well beaten, very um, unknown kind of hidden path that leads up and around um, past the guard tower that sits right there at the base of the cave um, and up and around. 
And does it seem to follow that? Right, does it? Uh, go ahead and make oh. some investigation checks as you guys actually don't see a trail in front of you. You just see the mountainous hillside. Okay. Melora, what you get? 14 for investigation, Wait. but if it were survival, then it would be a little better. Okay, what'd you get, Drew? Uh, a 5. You got a 5? So, Kiyomura got a 16. Um, and so he kind of begins looking around before finding almost like this small game trail that leads through just like things that bunnies and squirrels and other small game um, kind of take up and through up this steep steep hillside um, he begins leading the way every once in a while you'll have a foot slip and gravel will shower down on you guys um, you begin finding that grabbing the roots of little bushes and shrubs makes it a lot easier to make your way up and you guys begin making your way up this cave side um, and this cave is massive and vast and you guys don't really know where this uh, graveyard is so you begin making your way up and up and up and after an hour two hours three hours of making your way up this hike, traversing what seems like forever. I'll have you guys make another investigation check. Okay. Uh, 17 for me. Okay. I was frozen, so <laughs> I did not actually hear what you needed. Oh, investigation check. Investigation again. again. Okay much better that is a 22 perfect um you guys got better than Kiyomura you both all three of you begin to really kind of find your stride um after this long stretch um and eventually you pull up and make your way upon a flat section not very large um but this probably about football field clearing about a hundred yards or so um, opening in the bushes and bramble with a little stone fence around it um, stone pillared fence just encrusting it only about hip height easy enough to get over um, with one little gate you can see that there are a variety of little trees and shrubs um, the trees look that of a um, dark dark branch uh, dark barked, a very dark looking bark covered tree um, that look, makes its way up with a variety of branches that begin to um, weave and entwine with each other and little um, fruits hanging off of the branches. Um, similar to the fruits of, uh, I think, Melora in the jar that you I... took from um, Melancina's hut. Kiyomura begins leading you guys into <laughs> this, what you assume is the graveyard. Um, across one of the stone pillars um, where there's a gap for the entrance, you can see um, crudely carved into this stone pillar, Kalevorn, um, and then home for the wicked. You make your way in and there's probably a total of four, maybe five, gravestones in this graveyard um but 
skeletons upon skeletons upon skeletons. This mass burial site where it almost seems like bodies are just thrown with no respect for who they were or what they did, just tossed down and about. Um, some of them in varying different states of decay, um, some of them truly bleached from the sun, others emitting this putrid smell that fills all of your nostrils, um, easily overwhelming the smell of cinnamon that is coming off of Melora. <laughs> um, it is putrid smelling here. But there are small patches of clearings. Um, it, it seems like every once in a while they'll come up with, um, with loads of dirt and just kind of stack on and bury different parts of the of the graveyard to help keep it um keep it together but it is by no means a respectful place you guys begin making your way in towards the graveyard looking about just trying to find um a place that you guys could find something somewhat peaceful some place of rest here in what should have been a final resting place um, and eventually in front of the trees um, one of the far back trees there is a little clearing in front of it um, it looks like a quote-unquote recently redirted re um, replowed I guess you could say area of the ground where there's some soft grass still available and Kiyomori goes and kneels in front of the tree He turns to you guys and says, um, typically this would be done in front of a mentor or a um, trusted advisor, but uh, I'm very happy that I was here with you. Um, I do not know what happened to my father. Um, he would have been the one to be here for me taking this oath. Um, but he's gone, and I don't know what happened to him, um, and thus I have failed one of my quests, and I can't take this back home. Uh, for me and my people, this is a, a binding oath, I guess. Um, I'm basically committing myself to this on the condition that if I fail or if I can't continue with this that uh, I should die. Um, you guys are my witnesses. Uh, your responsibilities consist of basically being available for me to call upon you if my oath is ever to come in question and if I ever need to prove myself um, I can call upon you two to uh, wit be witnesses for me and say that I have taken this oath and that I have bound my life to it. Um, there's also some contingencies. Some sects prefer that you also, whoever is your witness, is also someone that is willing to kill you in this stance that you break your oath. Um, my family has never been overly serious about that, um, but just it's something else to be aware of. It wouldn't be uncommon of my elders 
or, or unheard of for my elders to ask you guys to take care of me if I were to ever break my oath in any way. So, do you guys still want to do this? Aye. Aye. Okay. Kiyomura turns around, so you're both on either side of him on his backside. And he takes off his jacket, and he takes off his shirt, revealing his tattoos. Um, and he pulls out his uh, spear, bending it so there's the middle rod is in front of him with his two uh, spear-like ends going back towards him, and takes his shield and stabs it in the ground so that um, the symbol is, or not the symbol, but the uh, the front of the shield is facing Kimura. And he says. Here I stand, a slave to honor, vowing my life to the light. May I stand as a beacon to those in despair, guiding them from the darkness. Let my mercy, my kindness, my forgiveness kindle the light in others. May my spear speak, seek out those who choose to dwell in darkness, and may my shield protect the weak from them. I will guide those who stumble on the path back to the light. Let those that dwell in darkness fear my presence, for light can be both beautiful and blinding. And should the light within my heart ever dim, I will let my judgment come, never one to let the light fade. And he bows deep, his face in the girt, with his hands spread out um, and he begins crushing these things in his hands things that you didn't notice before but just these seeds that emit um, kind of this little powder into the air that floats up for a second before shooting back into his forearms into the line work on his tattoos and um, in varying spots seemingly random um, they go up his forearm and his arms and his chest and float there for a second before binding into him and glowing faintly um, before he opens his hand and the rest little remnants of the dust disappears and he lifts his head bows again before standing and turning and you can see that his eyes have now changed colors they've gone from this um, kind of pale green to a, uh, a vibrant blue color. Um, this uh, very, very piercing set of blue eyes now stares back at you. Um, seems kind of a... Uh, it's a lot for such a little thing, I guess. But thank you. I appreciate Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Thank you. Happy for you. He goes over to you, Melora, and sticks out his hand. And I take it. Just as he has done with you, be both as he's done with both of you before. He pulls you in and rests his forehead against yours before going over to you, Cather, and doing the same. Mm -hmm. He then picks up his shirt, puts it back on, puts on his jacket, grabs his spear, puts it on the hook, throws his shield around the backside. Says, "Well, it's time for the down hike, I guess," and begins 
to make his way towards the front of the uh, towards the front of the graveyard, uh, meandering through different bodies and um, kind of this little trail that there is to escape the the pungent smell. You guys begin to follow him when Cather, you just are, as you're beginning to turn, you turn out of the corner of your eye. You see a familiar cloak in the wind. So used to having to chase to find these people, you immediately turn and look to see where it was. And instead of seeing nothing like you're used to, having to, again, almost be searching with the corner of your eyes, you can see the grave digger standing there, the shovel in front of him, just leaning on it. You look over and next to him, is the widow standing there her head bowed and standing next to her dressed all in black leather bindings and strappings knives all over you see a thief standing there each of them the three of them next to this dark clad tree with a variety of different fruits hanging from it not saying anything just looking at you before eventually the widow sticks out her hand and just not necessarily pointing but guiding you towards the base of the tree uh i approach as you do uh melora you turn seeing that cather isn't right there with you and you can see cather kneeling now in front of this tree with three figures standing around him you can see a um, almost cowboy-esque figure with a long scraggly beard and a big old hat um, his vest and uh, jacket kind of hanging in the wind you can see a widowed woman with bright red hair kind of faded um, and wrinkles all over her hood up her cloak billowing in the wind and a leather-clad uh, shady figure a thief standing all around him now uh, the widow standing in the middle in front of the tree that Cather is now kneeled in front of and both the figures on either side. Kimura then turns and sees the same. And he approaches you, Molora. Do you think this is them? I... I do. You're muted. You're muted. No, I'm not. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Do you think this is them? I... I do... So these are the gods of death, eh? Um. You're here. Uh, I have. I have so many questions. But I suspect I don't quite get the answers yet, do I? Um. Am I, am I at least on the right path? She smiles wide. I, um, uh, I, uh, take out my book mm -hmm. out of my, out of my bag and just kind of place it in, uh, in front of myself mm. for taking out my sword, what? taking my holy symbol. Mm -hmm and wrapping it around the pommel for a moment 
for placing it uh, in the in the dirt in front of me. <sighs> I didn't think I'd get to do this yet. <laughs> I've I've been on such a crazy journey, not one that I've really expected. And I suspect there's much more that I have to face. You guys have helped me through a lot, more than anyone could ever know. And I, I can't begin to express gratitude. But I thank you. I... I place in a hand on the book. I was once a deaf soldier. Following my desires. With no care for the destruction I brought in my wake. I was... I was like the king. Wicked and cruel. Not really caring who I stepped on to reach a higher status. But it... From, but I want to dedicate myself to something else. You guys gave me a second chance. And so, I'll be like this wise old woman. Seeking to live a life of purpose and fulfillment. And to live and to greet death with open arms when it comes. Because I know I've lived a better life. And to know... The rain won't fall as hard as this on this once wicked heart. I promise to dedicate myself to this purpose of being fate's hand, of being a grey knight and a paladin of destiny. I close my eyes for a moment, briefly look back at Kimura and and pause a little longer in Melora before turning forward again. I bind myself to this oath to seek and to understand fate's will and guidance. I understand that death has a purpose and death is what gives meaning to life and gives its beauty. Death does not. And I, I, I'll actually turn my head at this moment and, and look at the the thief momentarily. Mm. Death does not abide by the laws of the material, but pursues the end. I'll look towards uh, the grave digger. By fate's hand, I provide and will provide both protection and pain. Protection. For those who have a life that must continue. And I look to the widow. In pain. For the wicked who abuse the life and power that they have. I look back down at the ground. At my holy symbol. Death. Is an end to the pain. 
and the final judge to those who wield it. Looking back up, if you will have me, by divine appointment and everlasting humility, I am the final judge. I'll look back down and kind of just sit there for a moment. The the thief steps forward and kneels in front of you before lifting your chin, nodding at you, and then running his thumb down your blade, causing uh, a little brief glow along his finger as he drags his thumb down before he stands and takes a step back. The grave digger comes up and he takes his cloak off of him and puts it over your shoulders, clasping it around your neck. And he takes a step back before the widow comes down, kneels in front of you, holds each side of your face, kisses your forehead before reaching into her cloak and pulling out a silver mask. Uh, very, very uh, delicate, almost in nature, looking that of um, almost like a porcelain mask that would cover your whole face, um, but this one clad in silver. And she hands it to you. You look over it and almost invisible, only to those who are close enough to see it, you can see faintly carved into the mask is the depiction of your holy symbol. Half an elven face and a half a skull with the succulents that frame the skull along the side, just finely detailed carved into the face of the mask. You go and you put it on and it fits perfectly like it was designed for you. Adhering to your face so as to not need a strap or anything to keep it there, but just framing you so well that you know that you wouldn't even have to worry about it. even in combat. You wouldn't have to worry about it falling off. You take the mask off and you see the three of them standing in front of you once again. And they each take a knee in front of you and bow low before standing. And one by one, they go back behind the tree and disappear. First the thief, then the grave digger. The widow lingers for just a moment. She steps forward and just gently caresses your face, a single tear rolling down her cheek before she too turns and disappears behind the tree. And that is where we're going to end. Not to end the session, but take our break. <laughs>
<laughs> so if you guys want to keep up with uh, all the chaos and, uh, and beautiful moments, hopefully, uh, go ahead and come back. We'll be back in uh, 10 or 15 minutes, um, and we'll get right back to Cather and Melora and Kiamora making their way out of the city. Sweet. We'll be back in a little bit, guys. It's when we're all by. All right. So we're back from our early break. We had left off uh, with Cather bowing in front of this tree, having his gods disappeared behind it after bestowing different blessings to him. Um, so we're just going to pick up right there. You think he's going to get up anytime soon? Didn't know, but I think we should give him some time. What if I, like, find a rock and, like, throw it at him? I could take, like, a, what are these called? The phalanges? Whatever. I could take a little piece off the tip and just... I mean, I think if he needs some time, then I think we should give it to him. That's probably fair. We could at, do something at, to pass the time, though, if you want to throw rocks at each other. At that point, I stand up. <laughs> uh, un- unwrap my, my holy symbol for my pommel. Mm-hmm. Put it back around my neck, hidden underneath my armor. Mm-hmm. I will uh, put my put the mask in a, just in a pocket mm-hmm. of my, of my uh, satchel. Mm-hmm. Um and sheath my sword before picking up my book and also putting that away and then uh, turning it around towards the others. Just so you're aware, your sword is now a uh, plus one sword. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Big hype. (laughs) Okay, chat, you have no idea how happy this makes me. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, cool. Thank you. I Okay. Turn the music back on. So. Oh, yeah. So, um, that was unexpected. Why are you just stealing my thunder, bro? <laughs> Give me one second, DM. Oh, never mind. No playful banter. Nope, I guess uh, not. Okay. Don't worry, I got it. No, I was writing stuff down, okay? I'm Why sorry. Why don't you just take your shirt off already? I mean, like, it was already off earlier. I was gonna roast Drew, but I... I'm just gonna do it. I was gonna be like, I don't know how much a plus one is gonna help. <laughs> no, he also because of Tasha's, he also got to switch some stats around too. So okay, I now now, have, now I his four have a plus will be five. seven. I have a plus seven nice. to hit now. Okay, Ooh. that's okay. pretty good. That is pretty right. good. Ooh. That is pretty Almost good. Big boy good on campus. Oof. That's not gonna save you from ones. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Okay. <laughs> But so not, I can't do anything about that. Just kind of stealing my thunder there, bro. <laughs> oh, um, sorry. It's okay. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, they to just kind of. Well. I. Thank, thank you. Um, how do you feel? Uh, uh good actually. Um, a little, a little. Well, not disappointed, but. I was, I was, well, at the, anyway, regardless, um, we should, we should get going though. It's going to get dark soon here. You sure? You're good? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Both of you for giving me this, that, that time. Of course. Of course. Um, okay. So, and he like wraps his arm around you and starts pulling you along. Which one is which? Okay, which one's Adaria? Which one's who's the widow? I'm, I'm, yeah, explain the whole thing to me. Uh, so, 
Adaria is the widow. She's yes. the one that kissed you. She, if you were to look we at it like that, that, yes. Melora was not happy, but we'll talk about that later. I, I, I glance at her just momentarily before looking Melora's back. Melora's kind of like a little, a little far, a little further back, given time and taking Ginger <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> but I'm sure we can proceed to have small talk. Yeah, you guys proceed to talk about known. things that you've already talked about, stuff like that. What's this small talk with Ginger? What's the tea? Um, oh. I cast speak with animals. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just want to um I basically just ask her if she wants to run around freely as we're going down the mountain. Uh yeah, that would be that would be really nice. I would really like that. That'd be amazing. Alright. By the way, I take I her out. No, this is the first time that we're talking to each other, but hi. I'm Ginger. Hi, how are you? I'm I'm Melora, but I'm sure you know that. Um, I care for you very much. And she gives you that look that you've seen so many times when you like just kind of like either like will start like playing with her fur or or complimenting her. And it's nice to have like this uh, this voice to it, um, but this very much look of like before she like nuzzles into your chest. Mm And then I say, all right, be careful. You know how I feel about you going too fast, especially down a mountain. But uh, you, you may you may run. <laughs> she just takes off. <laughs> <her. laughs> uh, she takes off into the bones and the bodies before eventually leaving the, the graveyard um, and begins making her way through brush and dirt and, uh, and rocks and gravel. Uh, yes, Catherine? Now, okay, so I was going to try and do this on the way back up, okay. or on the way up, but they can, it can, it, this is perfectly fine to happen on the way back down. Okay. Are there any, uh, like, flowers or anything like that on the path? Um, not really. Um, it's a very, very rocky, loose terrain that barely has, like, tough shrubbery um, growing out of it. There aren't um, a whole lot of flowering plants. Um, go ahead and roll a... Roll a uh, investigation check. Okay. Could be better, could be worse. 12. Okay. As you're going down, you guys begin. um, It's hard for you guys to continue a small talk as um, this is very hard terrain to traverse. Um, And so you guys begin to really having to begin to really have to focus on. Um, on just getting down and watching your feet and your placements and everything like that so as to not um, cause the rocks to slip, cause um, a lot of loose terrain to go through, especially when you are above someone as you don't want to cause some of the loose rubble to catch them off guard as well. But as you're going down, after about an hour or so, you can see a small um, purple flower off on the side of the path just um, growing by itself, it looks um, tough, very much like a weed, um, a flowering weed that's kind of um, just survived the brutality of the elements in the landscape that's growing on and just managed to blossom just a little bit. Hmm. hmm. Sure, why not? If, if it's, how, how far off the path is it? Um, only like two or three feet. 
Um, by grabbing one of the bushes nearby, you could probably grab it and lean over and, and grab the bush and lean over and grab the plant. Sure, I'll do that. Okay, yeah. You pluck it. It's it's not easy to pluck. Um, you end up having, actually having to kind of plant your feet and grab a knife to cut it off um, as the roots have spread far and deep to kind of uh, get the little bit of moisture that can come through this rocky landscape. Um, mm. But you manage to cut it off and slowly begin making your way back onto the path um, and catching your footing again. Mm-hmm. You just keep going after that. Okay. Yeah, Kiyomura leading the way. Uh, you guys begin making your way down the path. And for the next, uh, only about two hours this time, as it's, as it's faster to go down than it is to go up, you guys make your way down to um, what begins to be little less aggressive terrain before eventually getting down to the base of the mountain um having to try and stay close to the um cave side so as to avoid detection from the uh guard tower this um 100 foot tower standing above you guys um half of it being built up from uh the first wall and the other half uh basically going up almost to the roof of the tower roof of the cave these are the two tallest towers um on either side both of them going up to basically the roof of the cave um, with the rest of the guard towers being about 25 feet shorter than those um but you stay close to the tower to avoid detection before eventually making yourself back or finding yourself back down on the hillside um in front of the city of Lithala. you begin making your way west around the very very large circle half circle that makes up the front of Lithala, um, and take probably another half an hour to 45 minutes before eventually getting around to the western side where you can eventually see um one lone tree with uh the rest of your party standing around <laughs> yeah, it's pretty do we make yeah, it through yeah, yeah, yeah. well i'd like to to put my head up and hide my ears okay. and um everything and make sure by then that ginger is, is yeah, back in my ginger pocket. is back in your pocket um and good to go every once in a while she'll like right. uh she'll make a little a little chip and everything like that um, but yeah, you guys don't have to go back through the city or anything like that. You go around the front side and manage to oh, make great. your way um, back to that tree outside of the city. Awesome. Nice. Nice. You all reconvene. Uh, yep. Alright. Uh, how's it going? Huh, Not too bad. It's been better. Did you guys go to that graveyard? Uh, yes. Did yes, it look we nice? There. Uh, I suppose it depends on what you define as nice and what your taste in decoration is. Oh, well, I just... I hope they're keeping it up well. That's all. Cather, you're looking a bit different. Nice cape. Oh, thank you. Um, it was a gift. From whom? Kiyomaru, was that you? I did not give it to him. If you robbed a grave, I'm not going to judge you. No, I didn't loot a grave. Okay, that's good. <laughs> it's, no, it was, and I pull out the mask as well, just holding it in my hand. Uh, these were both gifts from my patrons. Where'd you find them? Were they just laying there? <laughs> no, they weren't. Uh, they gave them to me. I... We saw them too. I look over at Kiyomar and go, Did your god give you something as well? Nice eyes. 
Uh, thank you. Um, Some would even call him Dreamy. <laughs> I do not serve a specific god. Um, so, no, my god did not give me anything. Um, well, that, that's a type of unfortunate, I'm sorry. It's how it goes. Um, the gods definitely have their favorites. So it seems. So, you're saying that they handed them to you? Did they just appear? Uh, I'm very curious. Yeah, actually. Perhaps this can be a conversation for the road. To say, we should probably get going. I, I kind of I kind of look at my hands and I go, <laughs> I'm kind of running out of time. Well, I guess... Maybe we should rest, though. Oh. Yeah, traveling at night is dangerous. There could be burglars. I've heard so much. I've never left the city of a Well, we all know how dangerous burglars can I be. I mean, right. I agree, yeah, but... Yeah, that's why I said it. Uh, I'm afraid this is where we will be parting. Um, Wait. I need to return to La Stella. Um, I... Oh, that actually reminds me. Um, I, news of your father. Um, I... I cannot guarantee that he is alive, but I know that, um... The masked fellow, um... When he arrived, uh, he was taken from the prison um, in the lowest ring. Um, the last that my friend had heard of him. You're, you're saying that Prazius took my father? Uh, as far as I know, yes. I don't know where he is now or what has been done to him, but that is what I would assume. Okay. Thank you. Um... Anyway, I still need to return to La Stella. Um, I need to inform my people and um, gain gain some allies. Um, and you all have your own issues to deal with. Um, it has truly, truly been a pleasure. Um, I have very much enjoyed my time, however brief, with each and every one of you. Um, and I hope that I see you all again. Is there a way that we could get in contact with you if ever need be and you with us should your honor come into question um yeah um, probably uh i don't possess anything but i'm sure uh here and he writes down um valthena uh this is the city that i am from i take it and um, I'll put it in the same um, kind of safe compartment that has uh, Havel's earring. I'm sure we can find a courier that'll take a message that far. Yes. Sure. Um, how are you getting back? Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to probably stay in the city another day and um, collect, gather some resources um, before probably by horseback riding around. What What city are we going to, Renai? Um, remind me one more time. Um, Katine. Can't hear you. I think there's a zone of silence. Katine! <laughs> Speak louder. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? One more time. We're going to Katine. Katine. So, if you need to send a message anytime soon, um, we will be heading towards that city. Um, if not there, I will try to remember to let the Couriers know within Katine that if a message comes from you, so send it 
to wherever we're going. Perfect. This is this is weird. I don't leave people normally. Normally, I'm surrounded by people that I've traveled with for a long time. Anyway, you all should go, and I need to stay. So, um, I'll go up to. He goes up to Tarak first. Would you mind hmm? taking my hand? I know you don't like touching. Oh, sure. He uh, takes goes <laughs> actually grabs past your your hand and grabs your wrist before pulling well, okay, well, like yep. just ever so gently and not actually touching you. Kind of <laughs> tips his, dips his head in. I do an awkward. <laughs> 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 he then goes over to you, Edward. Can I Kimura? take your hand? Sure. And Edward grabs it. He does the thing. Yeah, he pulls you in. <laughs> Keep doing good work. And Kimora, before you go, <clears throat> you keep talking about how you failed. And I can see that when you speak, you feel rather defeated. Well, I want you to know that I really do think that with your attitude and the hard work you've put in, that your father would be proud. And I know how much weight that can have on what you think of yourself and how you feel about how well you're doing. And I just I just wanted you to know that I'm impressed and I think your father would be too. And I hope you find him, but if you don't, don't carry around that weight because it's not a fun one. He pulls you in again and again rests his forehead against yours. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. He then goes up to uh, you, Havel. May I take your hand? Of course. <laughs> thought you'd never ask. Pulls you in tight, resting his forehead against yours. Do uh, help them stay sane. I will be also, I hope that your hands work out. <laughs> Those are me, important. Me too. Um, Kiyomura. Yes, Havel. I understand that you're in a very particular situation right now. I don't want you doing anything stupid, though. I promise I won't do anything stupid. Nothing that you wouldn't do, Havel. Attaboy. <laughs> um, goes up. Really quick, the other thing as well. Yeah. Um, anything. Anything at all. We are one message away. We'll be there as soon as we can. As are you. I very much care about all of you, and you've become very good allies of mine. Please do not hesitate to call or to try and get a hold of me. I will do my best to bring myself and what resources I can. He goes up to Renaya. May I take your hand? He pulls you in <laughs> and shuts his head against yours. When they touch heads, she goes, boop. <laughs> I know I didn't talk to you much, but you were my favorite. <laughs> and he steps back. I mean, hey, true for all of us. He then turns to you, Melora. May I take your hand? I. He pulls you in, sets his forehead against yours. Take care of Cather. He's going to need you. And talk to Ginger. She has a lot of stories. 
I... May I ask you something? He steps back. Of course. Try to write even if nothing is wrong. I think we would be happy to hear from you either way. Okay, I can do that. Thank you. And then he turns to you, Cather. Hmm. May I take your hand, Cather? I, I clasp it. He pulls you in, rests his forehead against yours. Try not to let your burdens carry you too hard, carry too heavy on your shoulders. And trust your friends. Um, I take a moment and pull him into a hug. He hugs you back. Take care of yourself. I will. You do the same. Don't let Melora get too sad. <laughs> I'll do what I can. He steps back. Well, it's getting dark and you guys should really head out. Um, I don't know how far you're going to get, but... Um, I will probably be gone by tomorrow, so... Yeah, I don't know. Safe travels. Hi, you as well. And Kiyomura, remember yesterday how I said that if I didn't come back, I might write a song? Yes. I might. <laughs> I might. I look forward to hearing that, as many bards will sing it, I'm sure. Well, I sure hope so. Perhaps it'll bless your ears someday, my my genius. It would truly be a blessing. So. I hope to see you again. I do as well. I speak for all of us, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, we didn't want you getting in trouble with curfew, so... No, I probably should get back. We're probably pushing it a little bit. Right. Didn't want to make more trouble for you. No. So... And he pulls his hood up that conveniently has little holes for horns. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. You need to get me one of those. So long. I... Before so long. turning and entering back through the yeah. city. Um... I was going to say before he goes, I do let him know that if he wants to put any, if he wants to send any mail, he can send it to me, like, on to my name, okay. just so that way he has someone in particular to, like, try okay. to get it to. Yeah, yeah, we'll say that you had said that when you were talking, you guys were talking. So, you guys are right. left, just the six of you again, standing in front of the city of Athala, a place that brought you all together and has brought... A lot of pain. You turn so your backs are to it and begin making your way. So, Renayo, really quick mm. while we're on our way, um, who are you taking us to? Um, she's my mentor. Your mentor? Yes. Religiously? Personally? Um, a little bit of both. Mm. And you trust her? With everything. You've seen her remove a curse before? I don't believe so. Do you think she can? I think she can. How did you get in contact with her? I have really cool paper. <laughs> Show me. And then I pull out the paper and the, and the quill. Okay. What does it do? 
Does it, it looks well, like normal parchment. Um, yes, but when I write on it, it is also written on the paper she has, so she can see anything I write, and I can see anything she Interesting. writes. Interesting. Should have made one of those for Kim Moore. Hmm. Um. But you're a hundred percent confident in this. Writing my life on this. I am a hundred percent confident in this. Okay. In that case, I'll put a hundred percent of my trust in you. I mean, I'm going to be quite bitterly skin and bones by the time we get there, so let's hope that it'll be quick. We'll keep you in one piece. Okay. Looking forward to uh, getting my feeling in my fingers back. <laughs> Only a few days away. Yeah. <laughs> so, you guys begin making your way um, on what you know, Renaya leading the way on what she knows to be the, uh, known as the Obsidian Road. Um, this is a pretty common road that leads through a lot of the northern half of Ocleron, um, especially when you're traveling along the base of the mountains. Um, a lot of these mountains um, have, uh, there's a lot of the mountains in this range that are actually just volcanoes. And so um, there's a lot of obsidian and volcanic rock that kind of forms out of these. And so using that, they kind of formed a path along the base of the mountains made out of... Um, this obsidian and these uh, volcanic rocks, these blackened volcanic rocks, to kind of mark the landscape in a very, very contrasting color compared to the rest of the, um, now that it's spring, beginning to become green again, grass and grasslands that move through um, and the rocky outcrops of the mountains. Um, you follow along basically the top of this hill, um, the top of the base, of the, at the base of these mountains, um, and begin making your way through and you get about, you know, let's see, two or three miles before it eventually gets to the point um, where it's dark enough and you guys have been awake for long enough that you know that it'd be best to set up camp and a long rest. All right. Neato. All right. Are there any trees around? Um, every once in a while you'll see a random tree poking through. Um, there's not, they are, it is grasslands and it's not like a forest or anything right. like that. Um, but there are the occasional trees every once in a while, um, not close enough to be able to jump around in them, but you could climb okay. one every once in a while. Alright, um, there's not any, like, probably strong enough to sleep in? Um, not where you guys are at right now. <sighs> Alright, um, I will scan the perimeter. Okay, yeah, go ahead and roll it. Make... Of the spot that we kind of want to choose. Yeah, make a perception check. Um, 26. <laughs> you see everything. Your elven eyes, Legolas, see everything. Um, you can look out and see. You guys have begun to move past the farmland a little bit. And so that's more to your backside. And you're beginning to head into um, these rolling hills with um, little crops of rock every once in a while. Um, but there's this rolling grassland. Sorry, I'm chewing on something. You're fine. <laughs> um, you've been making your way through these rolling hills, following along the obsidian road. Every once in a while, there'll be a little outcrop for people to make camp at. 
uh, with pre-built fireplaces and not fireplaces but fire pits um, and sure. eventually you guys can come across one of these around the time and so you could stop here at one of these outcrops if you guys wanted or you can keep going and try and find um, your own way whichever you'd like to do all right this is a place where we could make camp um we could stop here for the night we could keep going but i didn't know what's ahead i do know that there is this now are, so are you sure that it would be safe well i mean people make as you as you can see edward and i kind of like pull him um like usher him towards me there is a place to make camp like for travelers so it's as safe as it's going to be, probably, and there is a fire pit already, so making a fire will be even easier than it would be if we were on our own, so... And um, you've done this before? I I live I live in the wilderness, so I have done this many times. I do think that this will be safe. Okay, well, I'll let you guys do whatever you think is best. I am... I don't know. <laughs> I don't right. know. Does anyone else have any objections for stopping for the night? I have no issues. As long as it's safe, I suppose. Right. Does anyone have issues with making a fire? Or do we want to kind of try to say not so obvious that we're here? I don't think a fire would be a problem. Yeah, I see no reason that it would be an issue to have a fire. Then I will will make one. I'll go over and I'll I'll use the fire pit to... Yeah, there's not a whole lot of um, firewood left in it. Okay. Um, but there is just enough that you can get started on something. Um, probably not anything to sustain you throughout the night. Um, but Okay, so then I will start it, and then I will come back and kind of say, um, if anyone wants to start, if we want to make some sort of a tent like we made last time or just sleep in our bedrolls, I have no issue, but I'm going to go get some firewood and kindle. So Kiyomura did that. Last time, didn't he? I helped him once. DM. Uh, DM. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Now's a good time to ask this question. Yeah. Did we? Didn't we go buy a no. tent? No. We, we never specified. We, we talked about it, but uh, we didn't that's, that's actually, actually do yeah. it. But um, how's the weather looking tonight? Um, tonight it is nice and clear. There's the occasional cloud, um, but nothing too much, uh, weather-wise to be concerned about. Wunderbar. I say that we just good. cowboy camp then. Yeah. It's, are yeah, are we in, like, mid-spring or, like, early spring? Early spring. It's gonna be chilly. Mm. So still pretty cold. Yeah, it's still gonna be chilly. Probably not dipping beneath freezing, well, still, but, yeah. um, definitely not the most comfortable. We, we do still have <clears throat> bedrolls and blankets, so we should... Well, we're out getting mm. firewood, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I about go. to go, um, yes. I go with her. I guess I go with her probably too. <laughs> As they're going real quick. I guess I stay. Edward Edward <laughs> says, Tarak. Yeah. I gave Igor's coat back. Good. But I forgot to get another. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's gonna get really cold, isn't it? Uh farmers in the distance um (laughs) cold is relative Uh, I lived in the desert when uh, night fell um where it was normally like we didn't really have bed walls or um a whole lot of blankets it was pretty much just furs and then um you would find a group of people huddle up and then share body heat huddle up 
Well, yeah. We won't have to do that, right? The bedrolls... Mm. Oh, no. It is not nearly as cold as it gets in the desert here. Oh, okay. Though that's good. <laughs> I prefer so to have my as... personal space. When I mean, I'm... it might be a little bit chilly, but as long as you stay in your bedroll, you should be fine. Okay. I was just... Okay. Worst comes to worst, you get a little bit of frostbite and lose a couple toes, but... What? <laughs> Renaya, is that true? Looks at Renaya. It, will it get so cold that our toes will fall off? Probably not here, but it's always a possibility. I mean, it's early oh, spring, no. so I would say there's only like a 40% chance. I should have brought a jacket. Yes. Maybe 60. Maybe I've got the numbers flipped around. It's hard to know. I think you'll be fine. Uh, okay. Okay. If you can't feel your feet, I suggest you run around. Anyway, we should get uh, make sure that fire's going. Keep some stuff on it. <laughs> you know, as you do. I'm sure that they're having fun collecting fire or whatever they're doing. Yeah. So the three of you guys begin heading out. Um, which direction do you go? Towards the mountain or towards the fields? Um, I would think towards the fields, just to try to get, at the very least, like, kindle in, like, dry sticks and things well, like that. I, I mean, yeah. I have tinder, but we need something that'll burn long term, so. I So, actually, um, that's a good point. Can I, do I remember the last time I saw a tree? Um, there's a tree, oh, you know, like a hundred yards back or so. Can I go around there and see if one of the branches has fallen or is falling, or if there's anything that has fallen like around the tree? Um, you can see there's a few different um, twigs and small branches. Nothing large by any means. Um, and everything on it is still growing. Um, right. But you managed to get enough uh, kindling to at least get a, a fire started, um, or another fire started if you wanted. Alright, I didn't think that this will last very long. However, I am not a fan of cutting from a tree that's still living. Is it a um, religious thing? or? I think it's a way I was raised. Every living thing deserves to stay living as long as it's meant to. Right. So. I mean... But if we cut a limb, it'll go bad. Aye, it will, but I will not be the one to do it. Well, that's a little bit more red, red in my lantern. Um, anyone have a hatchet or something? Well, what? Have all. Just as a note, sure. even if we get the branch cut off, it's going to have a lot of moisture in it anyway. But we don't have any other choice, do we? I mean, do you want me to walk all the way back to Athala and try to get ourselves some wood? No, of no. course not. It might just be that we don't really have a fire. Yeah, we we'll have our bed rolls. I mean, this kindling will get a fire for, I'd say, at least long enough for a few of us right. to fall asleep. So, Katha, Malora, you two cuddle together. Edward and Tarak will cuddle together. Renaya, <laughs> she can take Ginger. I'll go walk... <laughs> somewhere and bury myself to try to keep warm. I don't know. Good luck getting Ad Edward anywhere near huddling with anybody. And I didn't think that will be necessary for tonight. It's not that cold outside. We do have blankets, but 
if you wish to have the tree branch, like I said, it will not be from my hand. Okay. Um, you all can head back to the camp if you'd like. I want to stay here and enjoy the cool air for a little bit. Have all? Yes, Melora. You know how I feel about you being alone. I'll be back. <laughs> Ten minutes. You've encountered. Ten Ten minutes. minutes. And it... If ten minutes pass, I will come looking for you. And if I found out that you get yourself into trouble, there if will be ten words. minutes pass. I solemnly allow you to knock an arrow and run it through my calf, so that way I can no longer I move that. away. I look around quick. Is there anyone anywhere within eyesight? Roll a perception check. Cool. Nineteen. Um, you don't see. Obviously, you can see the farmland in the distance, um, and the occasional hut on that farmland. But there's no other travelers that you can see on this path. Um, from what you know, from traveling around Drew, uh, you know that the Obsidian Pass, or not the Obsidian Pass, but the Obsidian Road does go through Aklaron. Um, but a lot of the travelers are either coming north along um, the. Um, the Garnet Road, um, or they are coming from the east, from going around the mountains. Um, so heading mm-hmm. west along the path, west along the road past Athala is a very, very, um, it's a far less traveled path as it basically leads to like two or three coastal towns and that's about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, you don't see any people on there. You do see, um, some shrubs up on the, uh, mountains, just like you did, um, going through with Kiyomura and Melora, um, a variety of shrubs in various forms of, um, life. Um, and so you see those, but no people or anything like that. Ten minutes, Havel. That's what you got. All right. Don't be do it. <laughs> This is against my better judgment. And I turn and I begin to walk back. <laughs> I look towards Melora. I look towards Havel. Look back towards Melora. Look back towards Havel. I'll be fine. <laughs> I I'd say I kind of walk over and say to Havel quickly. He's like, I think you should be fine, to be honest. I don't know what you're doing. I don't, but anyway. I'm just... I gotta, yep. I gotta go. Go. Now. Go. 120 yep. feet, yep. you know. I know. Burning. Go. <laughs> they sure do worry about you a lot. Oh. God, you were listening, weren't you? Uh, from around that tree, you see uh, the familiar face of Qatar step around. <sighs> you do like to keep tabs. Only on my favorites. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should be. Proud or concerned? Have you thought more of our deal? I have. And? I'm conflicted. I'm going to be honest. What? Well, we have a solution, but I honestly don't know whether or not I should put entire faith on it. I'm a man of contingencies. That's good. Contingencies are good. But then again... Giving you another ounce of leverage against me makes me ache. I'm offended. As you should be. I nothing but help you. 
Why would you have any reason to mistrust You've me? You've helped me greatly. But I know your type. I know your kind. Now that's just stereotyping. Is it? I am but a humble servant to men in need. Right. Okay. Um... I'll tell you what. Today's the last day, right? Pass this yes. your offer is void. Yes. I don't need a month. I don't. A month is too long. And the the price is too heavy. The last time I did a job like that, I almost got myself killed. I did get myself. Well, yeah. So, what do you want, Havel? I don't think what I want matters, right? I don't. I don't think it ever has. Um, I want peace of mind. I want control again. Control. Control. And how can I provide this for you? I'm not entirely sure if I want you to provide it for me. I'm sorry. Sugar coming in clutch. Yeah. How? <clears throat> well, okay. I don't. I'm not sure if I want you to provide it for me because I don't know what you provide. I can provide whatever you need. Mm. What makes you sleep easy at night? See, Qatar, because I've always been curious. I have an inkling as to what you are, who you are. Don't know exactly, though. You see, for the thing is, you're no god. Not by any means. But, yet you have these abilities that surpass most beings. So if we're going to be business partners, tell me. What exactly are you? I am a purveyor of nature's blessings. Hmm. Hmm. So are most cows that have been overfed. That is also true. If you wish to call me a cow from here on out, that is fine with me. No, 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 no. I, I respect my uh, connections. No, that's good. So, the deal is off then? You know, against my better judgment. Yes, the deal is off. I made a promise to someone to trust others. And, like I said, against my better judgment, I think I'm going to try to stick to that, at least for a little bit. Maybe it'll, uh, get me killed, but don't worry, I'm sure this won't be the last time that you will get your opportunity for that stuff. I'm sure it will not. I have other people I can ask for it for. <laughs> well... 
I will leave you to your evening. Oh, really quickly, Kato. Just a question. Amongst, yes. you know, casual conversation. Yes. <laughs> you know people. You know, you can receive information. You know of me, of my past. Could you give me even the slightest inkling of word that happened um, back home? I want to know what's happening in Marencia. Marencia is flourishing. And East Bravania had some issues with Ocleron separating from their treaties, but it has allowed for uh, business with Athane and even La Stella to grow. And so the people of East Bravania are thriving with new commerce and new business partners. Marencia being its capital is the focal point of that growth. And if, um... Of the six... They're pushed out of Athola. I assume they're still high and dry, though. They're making their way. Wonderful. I appreciate that. Of course. Anything for a friend. (laughs) A friend you are. I apologize for saying no to your offer. I thank you, though, for even the consideration. I must get going, though, or else an arrow will end up in one of my better arteries. If that does happen, let me know. I'd be happy to help. (laughs) I'm sure you would. Have a nice night. And he, much like the gods, walks behind the tree and disappears. Oh. I really should attune to that item I bought. Okay. Yeah, I was going to return. Hey, Melora. How do you feel about hunting? Why do you ask? Well, there isn't any wood nearby, but you may be able to find some animals. And um, Although the bones don't, don't burn fat wood. You're suggesting... Killing and burning an animal? Well, no. You would, we would eat the animal. But uh, the bones contain fat and can be burned. And then, heck, you can even turn it into fertilizer after if you crush it. I don't know if that appeals to you or anything. I know you like whole tree stuff. I am very skilled in this area. However, I try not to kill animals unless they are in great pain and need relief. That's fine. That's fine. I was just asking. My father used to go hunting. Sounds messy and stinky, though. I mean, if we could avoid it, we have rations. I. Oh, I was just mainly for the fire. The food is just because you don't want to burn the whole thing because that's a lot of smoke, oil. It's not great. Kind of a waste. I... Well, I guess Wait. it's up yeah. to you then. Can I think of other ways to try to help the fire that does not involve killing an animal? <laughs> you will look up the hillside and see many of those little shrubs that you... Uh, used to uh, help traverse up the hillside and you can see that there are a variety of them in different stages of life some of them are recovering from the winter and some of them are not 
Um, you think that with a good tug, you could probably um, get a few of those out. Alright, I have an idea. We may not have to resort to that sort of thing. Um, Cather, if you would. I stand up, uh, yeah. Um, I think that there are some of those shrubs that we passed by earlier that would make some pretty good firewood. Uh, but it's probably true. It's more than 120 feet away, and I will probably need help with it. I will assist in every way I can. Alright, I start leading. Okay. Yeah, um, Laura leading the way, she trudges up the mountain um, before finding, um, every once in a while she'll find one bush that probably uh, could be removed and burned, and she'll, with a good tug, rip it out, hand it to Catherine, and keep making her way up, basically just letting him be uh, her pack mule for a little while um, before eventually mm-hmm. getting four or five of these bushes. Nice. I think that that'll do us good for tonight, at the very least. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so, how do you feel about what happened today? Um, good. Um, I wasn't necessarily expecting us, but I wasn't surprised either. Right. Um, I was hoping there'd be, I don't know, a bit, bit, maybe some answers, but it seems that's I haven't gotten that far yet. I... My mother always said the gods work in mysterious ways and they didn't work for us, unfortunately. (laughs) Right she is. Right she was. Uh, And you're doing alright? Glad to be out of the city? I... I I am. Um, I think I'm alright. Um... You know, I was pretty shaken up about my dream, but uh, today is a new day, and I hope that, you know, I can be okay for a few more. Right. Hmm. That is interesting, though. Which part? Do you... Did you, did you say you saw... You, did you see the, the the fae that we met before in your dream? No. I saw hmm. another... Um, give me a second. I have it. Just <laughs> I a... saved a, a picture. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. She describes a... Um, armor-clad <laughs> woman. Um, very, very yeah. large in size um, with... Uh, bronze gilded armor and um, a wide mouth covered by a uh, helmet that comes down almost into kind of a beak um, with this wide smiling face of sharpened teeth and a almost crown um, that kind of makes the visage of a sunset with these um, spikes that come out and around from the top of her crown Um, yeah that's what she describes as far as I know I haven't seen her before until then, but she made it sound like she knew me. Didn't get to speak to her though, so could have been cryptic about, you know, she saw me in the Feywild or or something like that when we were there for the hag, but Sure, yeah. 
I don't know, it's just, this thought has been rattling around in my mind. We go fight a hag, who happens to be working for this Archfey, this lady in the black dress with horns, right. who seems very similar to the lady you saw in that temple, that was trying to be found by our lovely um, friend who is now in Hathala, who right. happens to be talking about someone else who's coming, who is going to rule, and that they don't need the gods. Right. And I doubt that that Arkfei has a high opinion of the gods. Just all very interesting. I... I think that this will not be the only time that um, she visits me. I actually think that she had something to do with, uh, well, this. Hmm. Dinner noodle. Um, it's hard to say. <laughs> a little raccoon scuffs between your feet. <laughs> Dinner all right though. Um, but but I'm all right today. Little bit better. Sad to see Kiyomura go, of course, but. Hmm. Yeah. I hope he can. Well, to be honest, I don't have any high hopes for his father. I. But. Maybe. Maybe he can at least find some sense of peace. And. I don't know. Find a way back to his people. I. So. Um, your oath. Do you want to tell me about it? Uh, Are you allowed to speak about what it means, what you're going to do now with people that aren't a part of your faith? Um. (laughs) I mean. I don't know. I. I don't get the sense that the three I serve have any desire of spreading what I believe. I think it's different. I think it's more like finding specific people. Alright. Um, and I, I have a feeling I know what that means, but I I don't know if I really want to say it out loud. Alright. Well, if you end up wanting to talk about it, you could come to me if you want that. I'm not trying to pry. Just trying to... I I mean, we're going to be around each other for a long time. If you start doing crazy things, I think I should know about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will. Do what I can, at least. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. We should get back, though. It is getting a little dark out and cold. Right. Cather agrees through a, a, a bundle of bushes that are, like, stacked high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... do, do you need me to take one of those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, take, I take two, and um, I continue down. Yeah. You guys make your way down to the remnants of a small fire. 
Tarak has kind of been nursing it a little bit. Um, <laughs> and you pop on uh, one of the uh, one of the bushes, um, and it immediately begins to ignite and take flame and produce a um, small but actual fire, um, providing a little bit of the much-needed warmth now that the cold is beginning to set in. Oh, thank goodness. Thank you, guys. It was getting so dark. I this should, um, we have enough, hopefully, to last at least through most of the night. Are we going to, um, take watches? I'll take the first, if need be. I think um, that's a good idea. I'm still right. hurting a bit, so I'm gonna rest, but then I can take second. Alright. To be quite honest, I don't know if I can sleep. <laughs> so, you want to take... A watch? Is, you want to take a watch, Edward? Uh, I didn't say that. I did not say I wanted to take a watch, but... It kind of sounded like you did, though, a little bit there. Cryptic as I it just, was. I... Well, if you choose not to go to sleep, I will be taking watch. Mm, I might choose not to sleep. By the way, is, is Edward at all shivering, by chance? Um, he's cold, but he's and he's definitely huddled to the um, to the fire. Not quite sure. I'm holding myself but, though. Yeah, holding himself <laughs> whole nine yards. I'm just really not used to sleeping outside. That's fair. So um, I will take first watch. If Edward chooses not to sleep, then he will technically also take first watch. <laughs> um, Renaya has second. Does anyone want to watch with Renaya? Or are we kind of going solo tonight? I can I can make sure Renaya doesn't get into any trouble. Alright. Anyone for third if need be? I'll take it. I'm right. very tired, so... That's just fine, Havel. That's just fine. Alrighty then, you lot get to bed. Um, I um, go to kind of tender the fire and I kind of, um, for lack of a better word, set up shop and like make myself a little comfortable and make sure Ginger's comfortable um, to take watch. Does Edward have a blankie? You do have a bedroll and a blanket. Yeah, everyone should have a bedroll, a blanket. Melora and and Cather made sure everyone had one of those. Alrighty, <laughs> so Edward will take his blankie and wrap it around himself, but he's still he's kind of sitting like holding his knees next to the fire. Okay. Edward, do you have a cloak? Um, no. I had jacket. a jacket. It's gone. I forgot to get another one. Hmm. Here, I'll rummage around in my bag real quick, pull out my old cloak. You would give that to me. <laughs> you can have it. I mean, I. It's kind of ratty, but it's, it's seen some travel, but I, it will serve you well. Well, I'll take anything at this point. Edward drops his uh, blanket for a moment, um, and then, yeah, grabs the cloak. And doesn't clasp it on or anything, just kind of wraps himself in it, and then takes the blanket with one arm and does his best to wrap himself with the blanket. <laughs> and I'm gonna roll for that. Oh, and that's a nat no, one. Nice, nice. So oh, he no. cannot get the blanket. Oh my god. Do uh, I do I see this? Yes, hundred percent. You've been watching this whole thing take place. 
I would like to go over and help with the other side oh. frustratedly. Thank you. <laughs> and then just go back. But I, I will not say anything. I'll just come over and just like... <sighs> and <then laughs> Before... Before I go to bed, I'll just kneel down next to Melora and just quietly whisper, and you thought I couldn't take care of myself. <laughs> right. Very clever. Go to sleep. <laughs> and I will. Oh, really yeah. quickly. Um, I'm going to, tonight, if I can, try to attune um, to the bell. Yeah, definitely. Um, and... But technically the helmet yeah. yeah let's go for it yeah yeah you're attuned to both of those so yeah you now have uh, been attuned to your amulet of um, anti-scrying scry. anti-scrying is that what I named it yeah anti-scrying and your helm mm-hmm. of comprehend languages cool and I, I use a little bit of twine and I make a bracelet out of okay. for, for the yeah it's for the bell yeah okay yeah 100% um, anything else for the rest you do? Perfect. Um, Drew, you level up to level three. Um, yay. yay! Very exciting. Um, and uh, Valora and Edward, you guys take first watch. I'll have you guys go ahead and roll perception checks. Did Kiyomura level up? You'll never know. <gasps> Side note, Don't do a side like note. That. I know rolled. he did. I rolled a seven on die, which is above average, Ooh. which makes me happy. I rolled another Great. nat one. No. Well, you are very cold. Well, I rolled an 18. Nice. And so... Edward's technically just not sleeping. Mm-hmm. Get You know. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. He's not taking watch, guys. <laughs> it's just not sleeping. <laughs> right. Edward, you're very enamored by the fire and the way that this bush is burning. Um, and between that and the cold on your backside and the heat on your front, um, it's hard to and pay attention. And the emotional trauma. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You begin thinking about the events that transpired today, the the realization of your father and the potential for this new lead in information and education. Um, and Charles spilling secrets that you would have expected him to share long ago. And, and all of this begins playing over in your mind and you stare deeply into the fire uh yes more can i make an insight check to see how he's doing 100 percent. go for it all right it's not the best it's a 13 um you can tell that he's deep in thought um his face is pretty blank um, pretty stoic but um definitely thinking Thinking hard on something. So, um, did you get to see your mother? Oh, uh, yes. I do miss her. I didn't get to speak to her or anything, but I did see her. I know how much you said you missed home um, before when we were in the Feywild. Was it what you thought it would be? Being back for a few hours. It was wonderful. Seeing the foyer again. Sure. And the kitchen. Oh, I miss the things Charles would whip up. And I saw my room, which, strangely... Your room? (laughs) Yeah. Strangely, I missed a lot, which I thought I wouldn't. 
saw Charles. Sure, sure. Charles, um, he's your... Butler. Servant. Butler. Whatever you want to say. He was good to me. Yeah, I miss him. Sure. I didn't see my father. (laughs) Perhaps that was good. Really? Well, yeah. Do you have a complicated relationship with your family, Edward? Uh, I mean, uh, kind of, I guess. You You didn't have to tell me. I'm not trying to to cry. Just, I can tell that you have a lot on your mind, so I was just trying to... If you didn't want to talk about it, we it's totally fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. I know that. It's just family can be a touchy subject for people, so sure. Um, it's just there's a lot on my mind. I'm learning a lot sure. about how things go mm. about my father and things like that. Things I'd never thought sure. I'd have to learn, or things I never even foresaw knowing. If that makes sense, I'm not sure what to think anymore. It's very hard to think things are a certain way your entire life, and then suddenly that's ripped out from under you. (laughs) That is what it's like, isn't it? Aye. I thought, you know, I thought going out on my own would be, I don't know, revitalizing, would cause a spark in me. And maybe it has, maybe it has in small ways, but it feels more like a burden than anything right now. But at the same time, I'm learning. So if I would have stayed, maybe I'd learn in ways that I didn't want to learn, if that makes sense. Sure. It's all very confusing. You remind me of my mother, you know. Do I? (laughs) Yes. In what way? My mother was a widow. Her name was oh. Niefendil. It's a beautiful name. It is. She liked things that were beautiful. Um, she's quite beautiful. I'm sure. She, she. I felt like she understood me. She encouraged me in magic and music, and she enjoyed the nature, as you do. Mm. <sighs> Did your father? Not so much. <laughs> My father was a was straightforward. He knew what he cared about, and he defended those things. They weren't all bad things. He cares about things running well, being prepared, things like that. Sounds like my mother. <laughs> really? My father reminds you of your mother. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm in some ways, from what you've described, um... My father was like how you've described your mother to me. Always supporting what I wanted to do, what I wanted to try. Didn't much care um, whether it was traditional that I be the one to go hunting with him. I wanted to go and that was enough for him. Hmm. I'm glad you had that relationship with your father. It's been very nice. I'm glad you had that relationship with your mother (laughs) (laughs) yes did you know Nifendil? I doubt it where are you from I'm sorry to assume things I don't want to say all wood elves know each other or anything like that it's alright I did not 
um, I was from ooh. give me a moment <laughs> <laughs> can you not remember where you hail from has it been um, that long give, let me um, reflect on whether I recognize that name <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> what what did you what did you say her name was? Neithindil? N-E-I-F wait, how N-E-I-F-I-N-D-I-L? Neithindil? No, I think it's N-E-I-F-E-N-D-I-L. I can't Great. remember. That's embarrassing. It's not a very not a very common name, is it? No. I don't remember what it means. The odds of, of two people being named that pretty low. You know another Nathanville. Well, I know it's Elvin. Um, perhaps. I, I, you know, I didn't remember much from my childhood, but I did have an aunt that um, had a name like oh, that. Oh, really? Interesting. I, um, she doesn't sound anything like what you described, though, so I, I didn't think that that would be... I'm sure um, there are several Neifendils. It's an elven name. Sure. I mean, what would be I the am... odds, right? <laughs> right. Plus, you would absolutely know if she was a fellows. Right. Absolutely. A- absolutely. You're you're completely 100% correct. I mean, your family would be well off for the rest of your life if you were related to the fellows. Aha. Uh-huh. If they were around to live well off. Um... I'm from Vianola, the forest area, a very small village, so the odds of, of um, a very well-off elf coming around are, are very low. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you said you're, you're from Vianola. I'm. What part of Vianola? Oh, it's just a small village. Um, you, It's not on a map. You probably never would have heard of it. But, um, you know, it's called Benrig. Oh, yeah. I don't know of that. I don't know what that is. I don't know I much of Vianola so. anyways. That's fair. Didn't think so. But um, I, it was just me and my family and a few other little houses in a small area. Um, that sounds so nice. I mean, it sounds crazy. It sounds horrifying. But it also sounds nice. I mean, horrifying for you, maybe, but um, the city was horrifying for me, so... That's fair. I suppose. This is horrifying for me. I forgot we were in the dark for a moment. Now it's... Now I'm remembering. Well, didn't remember for a moment. We didn't have to think about the dark. We could think about the fire. We could think about... um, How good it might be for Renaya to see her mentor again. I'm sure that will be very nice Oh, yes. Renaya's mentor. I'm sure she's great. I mean, Renaya seems wonderful. Although Absolutely. she did punch me the first time I met her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you deserved that one. I was just walking through the door. I did nothing. I didn't say anything. She saw me and just socked me right in the maw. It was horrible. But she seems nice. She is very nice. I, I would know. What does that mean? Are you guys friends? I I would say we're friends. That's good. We've had a watch together. We know a lot about each other. Um, 
I care very much for her. So she is very nice. I can attest to that. And I'm sure her mentor is just as lovely. Sure. But she seems kind of lonely. I hmm. I mean, maybe we are all a little bit lonely. I think that you're right about that one in our own in our own ways. But I um Laura. I do you like music? I do. You probably don't. I mean, you've been on your own for a while. You probably don't hear it much. No, I mean, if I had the pleasure of happening to fall asleep in a tree that was above a camp, then I might hear a song or two, but hmm. didn't much get the pleasure of my own music unless it's the sound of the birds outside. My father used to play the, the flute, though. The flute? Ah, yes. I. I do enjoy the flute. Have you ever had the pleasure of falling asleep in a camp with music? No. Because I have a lute, and I like music. So you want to play music until you fall asleep? Or no. until I fall asleep? We have a job to do, but I can play music. I will it. It helps me calm down. If you'd like to play music and it wouldn't wake the others, I'd be happy to hear a song. Hmm. Should I? I will. I'm gonna do it. Alright. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna play this on loop, basically. This is what I'll play. And then just loop that over and over and over. <laughs> and I'm just gonna do that without words. For however long, okay, as it takes. So, so, so uh, you play that for four hours before eventually. Yeah. He'll change it up every now and then. <laughs> before eventually, uh, Melora goes to awake Renaya and Cather. Oh, good, that's over. My hand was getting tired. <laughs> that, was, that was very lovely, Edward. Thank You're you. very talented. It was my mother's favorite, that little tune. Might as well go to bed. I'm tired I now. So. New theme song for the worship. <laughs> Sweet home Vianola. I'll make a song out of it. We'll release it on Patreon or something. No promises. No promises. <laughs> so anyway, but it's not canon. Gather. So anyway. You guys wake up. Melora looks visibly shaken. <laughs> so uh, I think Tarak was going to take the watch after you two. So I didn't say anything concerning. Didn't think you have much to worry about. But um, if you need anything, obviously I'll be right over there. So. <laughs> Good night. Good night. And I, I go no. <laughs> I'll lay down. I look at Renaya. Look back at Melora. <laughs> look at Edward. Look back at Melora. You look at the three most beautiful women you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
Why, thank you. <laughs> I, wa yeah. I want to make a note, um, more particularly for anyone with high enough perception. No, so not me. <laughs> um, Havel's probably Great having a nightmare me. and is not sitting still. Just for anyone that okay. would care to Laura definitely notices that. I I would like to before I go to bed, go over and um Be careful. We all know what happened last time. <laughs> I know, I know. So I will very strategically first before anything else uh disarm him. <laughs> <laughs> Roll a sleight of hand check. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. It's like that trope where they just keep pulling <laughs> um, out weapons. <laughs> that's a 21. That beats his passive perception of what? Nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That beats his passive perception. <laughs> you pull you pull out like seven daggers and, right, and his one right. rapier, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so with that, I would like to um, fix the blanket and position myself so that his head is on my chest and um, um, replicate how Cather held me. When it helped me. Aww. So, it's a little difficult because Cather was leaning against a wall. And so you, he was mm -hmm. sitting upright. Um, mm -hmm. But you managed to kind of finagle him without waking him up so that he is um, laying on your chest. Um, and he begins to breathe a little bit easier. Only a little, though. I will... Right. I will stay um, in this position until I feel that his breathing is normal. And then I will sleep next to him so look at look look at melora party mom <laughs> uh catherine and Renaya, go ahead and roll a perception check for me yes sir okay 16 okay nine yeah okay um you guys begin to notice the clouds strolling ever so gently um just a few more than there were earlier um, but nothing too concerning to you um, shows up. Nice. Uh, if I can, while sitting there, um, I'm going to pull out my letter okay. that was at one point completed. Okay. I will take out another page, mm -hmm. and I will put... I, I will add a little bit more, considering the fact it's now been four months. Mm. Um... So yeah, yeah. You start um, jotting down some of the details that have happened over the last week or so, um, and begin filling that last page. Yeah. Um, Renaya will look over, see him riding, and then be like, "Oh, okay," and then kind of look the other way. As a note, it doesn't take me four hours to complete that. No, no. After about thirty minutes or so, <laughs> you finish writing up. Yeah, yeah. I'll put it away and just kind of look at the group and and look out i guess yeah yeah, yeah. your guys's four hours go by um before eventually uh your internal clock tells you that it's time for you to return to sleep um and awake to rack at, at that point i will walk over to renaya <laughs> It's probably better if you wake him up. I was just going to say I'll take care of it. Yeah. And I'll just kind of sit down and and not go back to sleep because I already, I already had a long rest, technically. 
So I'll just kind of relax. Um, how is everybody looking? Um, Melora looks concerned, even in her sleep. Havel looks rest, like he's resting. Yeah, tired. Tired's a good way of saying it. Havel looks tired, but is asleep. Tarak is clutching his bag, as he always does. Edward looks like he's finally starting to get fairly warm. Um, and uh, Cather is sitting there, his um, his hood down, or his hood up, so that um, uh, so that his face is partially covered. Okay, then I will go over to Tarak and gently kind of shake his arm a little bit. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Stabbernaya, Stabbernaya, Be on break. Every time. Uh, I physically don't have the capability to Stabbernaya because I don't carry any weapons that actually deal stabby or slashy damage. Um, but it, that's a high number. Uh, so it's a it's a tense fists look, fists down. Um, time time for watch. Yes, but if you'd like, I can stay up with you as well. Uh, I'm sorry. Can't hear anything you're what saying. was that? <laughs> Tell me when my mic's working. Hey. There we go. <laughs> so many audio issues today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like, I can stay up with you as well for the third watch. Oh, if you need sleep, then sleep. I'm, I'll be fine. We're elves. We're, we're rested. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, if you want to stay awake, stay awake. If you don't, go to sleep. Extra sleep never hurt anyone. I'm just not going to force you to do anything that you don't want. That makes you differ. That wouldn't be the first thing that we disagree on, Cather. You're not wrong. Uh, I mean, I'm glad for the company, but you can go... By the way, what's... You see Melora and Havel, like, what's that? Was that I, a new thing? I, I did notice that, too. Yeah. Huh. Any thoughts on this, Cather? <laughs> I don't know um, why you'd I think we be really concerned about what I think. Cather gets some rest. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just be... I'll just be keeping watch. Okay, Over here. I'll... I'll be over there if you need me. I don't think I'm going to get much more rest. Um, so just let me know. Sounds great. I begin to keep watch. Okay, go ahead and roll perception checks. Well, that's going on, Hannah. I was just going to say that my passive perception is now 18. So if Havel did rustle again, I... She may, would like, know. Oh, that motherly, no, no, that may... motherly knowledge. Right, motherly right. Knowledge. How does a dirty 20 sound, Sounds DJ? great. Nice. Nice. That's right, I'm helping. <laughs> um, that's a dirty 20. Nice! Look at you guys, matching rolls and stuff. Um, similar thing. More clouds are beginning to roll in. Um, still nothing to be concerned about. Um, but just a gentle um, little blanket begins to form. Um, but you guys 
don't hear anything concerning um, and don't see anything approaching that's of concern. Um, every once in a while, Havel does twitch in his sleep, causing Melora to awaken for just a moment before uh, letting him find peace again. Um, about the third time it happens, he, he jolts really hard and one of his horns accidentally pricks you in the shoulder. Um, but you managed to lean I a little I probably won't back. go back to sleep after that <laughs> one. Um, eventually the four of you can watch the sunrise approach before eventually Havel and Edward um, awaken. Havel not feeling very well rested. Edward surprisingly well rested. I have been, uh, I pulled out the like shards of bone that I chipped off of those massive bones we found in the Feywild. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've just been examining them and seeing the differences between them and human bone and, you know, doing a whole bunch of, I don't know, okay. orcish science yeah, stuff. Yeah, pull a medicine check. Oh. He actually, actually gets a roll. Sixteen. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. Um, there's significant differences. Um, mostly in the, um, well, actually, no, no, if I remember correctly, that's of a giant. So, no, there's not significant differences aside from the size. It's basically just mm-hmm. an enlarged, an enlarged human skeleton, uh, that's slightly reinforced. You do notice that the, um, these bones are, uh, stronger than regular humanoid bones. Yeah, if anyone is awake to hear it, Tarak does mutter to himself random garbage. He's like, well, if you compare this to a human bone, that can withstand any 9,000 pounds of force. Um, <laughs> Malora would like to kind of brace for Havel to awake to kind of explain what, like, why he doesn't have any of his weapons. <laughs> Havel, you, like... for the first time in a while, you awake to your head gently rocking up and down, you can feel the warmth on your cheek. There's a faint smell of cinnamon. <sighs> you realize that all of your weapons are gone. Uh, You're not where in my, Where are my daggers? <laughs> They're right next to you. I check for my coin purse. <laughs> your coin purse it's is still, still there. It's still there. You had a nightmare. I didn't want to get stabbed helping you, but I have nightmares too, so I tried to help. Um. Um. Thank you, I suppose. You're welcome. I. You, you didn't have to do that, though. I, I know, but I, I have them too, and I know how comforting it can be. So. Um, I'm sorry I had to rem- to take your daggers. I just know um, mm. from previous experience that um, I didn't really want to get stabbed. But if you're if you didn't want me to do anything like that again, just let me know and I won't. That's not necessarily it. I just you all have your own things to worry about. Um, thank you though. I do appreciate it. Um, you're welcome. Really quick though. How did anything happen in the middle of the night? I I don't know. I... What do you mean? 
I was coming in and out. I had this really strange sense of foreboding. Nothing, nothing happened while I was asleep. Not that I can tell. I mean, I have a little prick from your I'm horn. Sorry, I should really. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. But I, I can't think of anything right. else big that happens. Right. Um, perhaps it is the mic. Havel, you go up and you touch the sides of your face and realize that the skin on all of your hands and most of the muscle on your fingers and the edges of your palms has rotted away. Okay. You can still move your fingers and stuff like that, um, but it's this eerie sensation where you don't feel anything moving. You can't feel your hands moving or anything like that, um, but you can see them moving. Um, yeah, it's, it's this weird disassociation with that's, it. That explains why my hands are numb. Perhaps we should get moving to get I, there faster. I, I second that motion. Um, thank you. Right. Thank you. What, what did you put in my weapons? I, I just put them right here, and I like move to see like a nice and neat pile of daggers <laughs> that <were> carefully removed. <laughs> They're stacked like almost Jenga. like a like a house of cards. Yeah. And it's all there. Don't worry about that. I have plenty okay. of my own. Yeah. So at that, I take out the dagger that I took from Havel. Oh. <laughs> I take my look. And I just, yeah, I, I hand it back to him. Do you have a dagger of your own? I do not, but I should be armed. Keep it. Thank you. Only have a chance that you get disarmed. Alright. I, I will keep it. <laughs> Alright. Um, I would like to, like, take a little bit of time to, like, um, just... Just like, it doesn't hurt anymore. No. But the the prick just like make sure that like my shirt doesn't have a hole in it or no. anything like there, that. There's not just a like... that's there's not a hole or anything like that that you have to worry about. Just a small. Yeah. So it was more just the shock of the the. Just the yeah, ugh, that's a hole. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Um. Well, I think we should get moving. Um. I didn't want to be negative in any way at all, but I think the sooner we get there, the better. I am dying here. Yes, let's go. You all uh, quickly begin packing up camp and um, begin setting out on your um, second day of travel. You travel along the um, Obsidian Road, making your way through, um, and it stays pretty much the same scenery. Um, you're hugging the mountains, um, while um, high above, high above, while being slightly above the rolling plains. And you spend most of that second day just traveling along this blank, endless road. Um, as you begin, just probably about, um, I don't know, four or five hours before you guys would uh, take rest and take camp, um, you do notice that the vegetation begins to get um, a little bit more dense. Um, just the grass gets a little longer and thicker. Um, the plant life on the mountainside gets a little uh, thicker along things along those lines. Um, you can also begin to feel and uh, um, sense this breeze coming from the west, um, carrying a, a salty smell to it. Yes, Renata? Um, I totally forgot. As we get going, I would write to her that we are on our oh, way. Cool. Yeah. Uh, she responds uh, with a quick little message um, 
being excited and also warning you about um, the dangers of traveling by yourself on the road, making sure that you guys stay together in a group and uh, making sure you have enough food and that it's going to be cold tonight and so have a nice fire and so on and so forth. Um, but you guys make your way through before eventually it gets to get, begins to get dark um, and you can find another one of these little um, spots, these little alcoves, not alcoves, but patches on the side of the road um, designed for um, travelers to stay at. How many days do we have to travel again? Two more after this. Renaya. Two more? This what we just did again? Yes. Hi. Oh, that's so far. If only we had a wagon. I could have bought us a wagon, <laughs> you know. Havel. Um it hasn't it isn't starting at all on your legs, is it? Is it just I'm not entirely sure. Part? I mean normally I just attribute the numbness to the walking, but uh, I can check. Um, I can take off my boots. You take off your boot, and your feet have <gasps> the same skeletal appearance as your hands. Oh gosh, that's horrifying. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. This actually might not be a bad thing. What do you mean? Um, well, okay, so you can still move your hand, right? More or less. I, can I mean, you can't feel anything. Sensitivity. Do you have your regular... Dexterity. Um, I can try. Yes. I'm going to try to roll a coin across my knuckles. Okay. Um, roll a sleight of hand check with disadvantage. Heh. <laughs> <laughs> it Hannah's dice again. That was a natural one. Yeah. <laughs> you Join the go club. to flip a coin through your knuckles and it gets over one knuckle before slipping through um, the much larger gap now than what you're used to um, and falling to the ground. Um, dexterity is hindered. Just slightly. Okay, alright. But hear me out. You're technically your, what are they? Tarsals? Metal tarsals? Or is that toes? I can never remember. Isn't um, it phalanges? Flanges? No, I don't, I don't know. Look, there's a lot of fingertips. All right. And, uh, technically, your toes are flanges as well. But they're still connected, right? Even though there's no skin I can move. them. I mean, I can move them. There are no tendons attached, but I can move oh, them. Yeah. That's a good thing. I was afraid that it would go past your fingertips and your knuckle would just no. fall off. And you would have to I deal with little stub fingers. That is better but, than this. I mean, not. obviously not optimal, but it's better right. than us having to collect random bones that fall off of Havel as it walks, and that means that we can continue walking. Does anyone have a spare notebook or a book of some kind? A journal, perhaps? I don't have a spare per perhaps, one, though. Perhaps a piece of parchment, even. I'd take that out. I have a single piece of paper left. Might I have I mean, it? I have, I have a journal. Can I, can I have a piece of paper to write? Here, here's just May some I paper. Have a piece of paper. If he has a journal, I would... That, that I... is his journal, though, then, no? They they were given uh, to okay. me by Cather, a friend. Is, is it, it's your journal, though. Sure. I, I walk over and I rip out a couple pages out of the back. Okay. I appreciate it. And uh, Havel's going to take out some ink from his bag. Okay. Um, and just write some stuff. Talk about, I'll talk to you about it later, but I'm just going to write some stuff. Yeah, you go to write, and what normally is a very elegant, well-practiced handwriting is almost like writing with your non-dominant hand. It's kind of what it looks like and feels like. I hate it. Start off the page by being like, well, I'm losing my hands. 
you guys begin setting up camp, taking out your bedrolls, um, finding some more of the shrubs, taking the shrubs with you that you had, had before. Sure. Um, and before long, you have a small fire going. Um, and it's not quite as cold this night. The breeze um, kind of... It's warmer tonight, but the breeze is here now, and so it's about the same temperature mm-hmm. as it was last night, um, between those two factors kind of going against each other, um, but specifically temperature-wise, without the wind chill, um, it's a little bit warmer tonight. Okay. Who is going to take first I'll watch? take first watch. That's so I. I am going to bed. Okay. <laughs> Edward lays down <laughs> on his bedroll. <laughs> so, Havel. Uh... Cather. I almost called you Kiamora for a second. He's gone. <laughs> Who knows where he went. Gone forever. Anyway, um, both of you go ahead and roll a perception check for me. Nineteen? Okay. Eleven. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. You guys try to relax for just a little bit. You guys haven't really seen anybody on the road. Um, you haven't had to worry about anything really um but katha you begin looking around and you notice on the road is a splash of crimson um not very large but just little um just uh little um splotches of red every once in a while um kind of in this little kind of wandering line um before eventually they disappear um you also look through and you can see there are singed small singed patches of grass with little pools of green liquid floating in them Hmm. kind of like nudge havel gently you see that? Oh. It was blood and acid, perhaps? Maybe. I think maybe a group of people got into a fight. Uh, if I st- stand up and walk just a little bit, do I see... Can I see if it can like lead somewhere at all? Uh, you... What are you following? Uh, the blood you it's only about six feet or so that this little trail quote-unquote has before it disappears Mm -hmm. Hmm. how fresh does it look um roll a medicine check can i help with that yeah hey gather can you roll that can gather i think his medicine's better than mine i mean gather was the one that saw it so i would allow it okay cool so I, I have a bandage? Yeah. Medicine's real trash. Uh, not great. Uh, 11. Okay. Um, it looks like it's probably less than a week old, but specifically how much time between, you're not 100% sure. But it's not like fresh, fresh. It's not fresh, fresh. Okay. That's good. And the acid, it's still like, it's not, that's not fully dry yet. Though. Yeah, you've seen, you can see that it's probably about, you, there's like three or four of these puddles strewn about, um, probably within a 20 foot radius. 
um, but they're usually about a foot in diameter of singed grass with about three, two or three inches of acid left in the center of that circle. Hmm. That's concerning. I'm sure it's nothing. I think, I think whatever caused this is long gone. Probably. Although we might need to keep an extra eye out while we're traveling. Yeah, maybe. Um... No, nothing to get concerned about, though. Well, if anything happens, I'm sure... I'm sure we can handle it. We are all capable. Well, some of us. Some of some us. Some of us, yes. Right. Back to Hampton. Do I know? Do I know about his helmet? Uh, his helmet of company. Havel's helmet. Yeah, you yeah. you saw him take it from the hag hut. He hasn't really touched it a whole lot or or talked about it, but okay. Yeah. Just... So, <laughs> so uh... keep going with watch. You guys finish the rest of your watch. <laughs> um, do you know who you're doing for second watch? Uh, I assume. Uh, Melora and Renaya would be up by then. Because they're elders. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You guys go to uh, wake up the girls. Who wakes up who? I'll try. I'll do what I can not to get stabbed this time. I'll I'll wake up Melora. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Cather goes to wake up Melora and then looks at her, looks at her hip, looks at her again, turns to go to Renaya. Havel's just like, (laughs) yeah, you, you have a very bad tendency of getting stabbed. Yeah, it's okay. So do I. Like I, I have, I have no def- defense to that at all. Really, <laughs> no defense needed. Like I said, so do I. So you guys wake each other up. Um, after after Melora is up and awake, though, I briefly I'm gonna say. Um, also, I think it's probably better if you have this, and I'll. Hand her Ruat. Okay. Thank you. Um, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. And I'll I'll go sit down. Um, Havel. I was just gonna say really quickly. Havel's gonna go up to Melora and be like, "Can I borrow Ginger for the night?" Sure. I scoop her out, and I just I like hold her in my hands, and I say, "No, no going and wandering off. You stay with Havel or Cat." Her eyes right? like barely like open as she was asleep and she's like she just like lays back down I will very gently like maneuver mm. her to be in Havel's hands and now I know I didn't have to tell you but you be very careful with her like alright and then I'd like to go sit next to um, Renaya whatever she is yeah. Um, I'll have both of you guys roll perception checks. I would like to make a point that Havel isn't sleeping with Ginger like on his chest or anything. Havel has like planted her like on his forehead, propped up against his horns. (laughs) 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 Very nice. 18. 18? (laughs) 24. I know you said 24, but I can't hear you say 24. Um, yeah, you both notice, um, you both can see the 
splotches of crimson actually on the road and the um, four or five small, now small, patches of burned grass with the acid. Now that's interesting. Did they mention that? They did not. No, nope, um, we're bad at that. Not to me. No, we didn't. Drew thought about it, but Cather did not. Gather's <laughs> like, it's not a big deal. It's fine. Ugh. Okay. Well, then <laughs> well, I would like if, to If go. we need to, we'll talk about it in the morning. I, you know? I would it. like to go look at it as well. Okay. Yeah, you guys go over and you can see. Um, you kind of follow. It's this almost like someone had a bad cut. Um, and was bleeding profusely before eventually getting it bound. Kind of leaves this little trail of like six, six or so feet of um, drops of blood. Um, and then you can see when you look at the pools of acid, um, they're about a foot in diameter of charred burned grass with about two or three inches of a little puddle of acid left in it. I don't know what to make of this. I don't know either. Um, DM, mm-hmm. would I have any idea of... Just, can I can I at least conclude that it's not, like, a natural, like, animal or, like, anything like that that would occur unless it was, like, not of this world, so to speak? Um... Do you know what I mean? Like, could I make some sort of check to say, like, well... This is definitely not anything from around here. Sure. Go ahead and roll a nature check. Alright. Not good. Um, ten. <laughs> yeah, you know, you've spent most of your life in the forest. You're not quite sure what um, creatures naturally inhabit um, the plains um, or the mountains. Sure. Um, you spend most of your life um, bouncing through trees and... Um, and the animals that also live there are what you're most familiar with. So you're not 100% sure if this is something from the plains of Ocleron or from uh, other places. Sure. I have never seen this before. Um, while she was checking that, this might actually be like pretty much the same thing, but could I check to see if the blood is like humanoid? Sure. Was that something yeah, I could check? Yeah, go ahead, roll a medicine check. Can I help her with that? I have pretty high medicine. 100%. Go for it. Nineteen. Okay. Looks like blood. Looks like red blood. The blood that you see from most humans and other humanoid-ish creatures. Yeah, I got nothing. (laughs) Alright, well doesn't necessarily look like it was recently, so didn't know if we should be concerned for our safety right now, but we should definitely keep an eye out for anything else like this in case there's anything on this road that isn't safe. Agreed. Um, Just saying, that's exactly what Havel and I said to each other, hence us not mentioning And you can say that in the morning when we... Oh no. Hey. So, um, how are you doing? I'm alright. I like the flowers. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> I like the flowers. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm not really sure 
exactly where they came from, but um, it is rather nice not to have to pick them every morning to put them in my hair. <laughs> so, what? Oh! Um, they are lasting very long. Uh, and I go to, like, tug at mm. one. They're kind of, like, uh, growing from my hair. <laughs> And actually, I'm sure that as she can see, as she's looking at it, they have, like, closed because it's dark. Yeah. So they're not, like, they are not open mm. because the sun's not yeah. out. Oh, your flowers are sleeping too. I, um, I didn't really know um, all the information about it, but, um, I think that this is going to be a regular thing that occurs from now on. Well, oh, it's very watch this! On you. And I, I take my braid out to like watch and show her how the flowers like stay, mm-hmm. even though the braid gets taken out. Yeah, uh, it almost looks like the flowers are just growing off of individual strands of hair. They weren't even braided into her head; they're just attached to her. That's very cool. I, I am very excited. I mean, I think that. I mean, I already don't really try on my appearance all that much, but this is just going to make it like ten times easier for me because <laughs> they just like do it. I didn't have to really do much at all. <laughs> I smell cinnamon too. Oh, yeah. Came is it like came a new with... like perfume thing you're trying? <laughs> it came with the flowers. Honestly, I went to bed. I had a very bad nightmare and when I woke up I had the flowers in my hair and I smelled like cinnamon. You should have come got me. And I I probably would have um, but someone someone was there when I woke up already. What do you mean? <laughs> uh... <laughs> hey, hey, Hannah, Hannah, just saying... <laughs> Hannah herself has 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 had conversations with Drew about this subject. Hey, Drew, so, get out! Hey, this isn't hey, your scene. You're asleep, <laughs> you're asleep, Catherine. Go to bed. Um, well, I um, sorry. Um, no, that's not right. Um, I know that sounds bad. Um, I. I uh, fell asleep in Cather's room. On the floor. Okay. You okay? So he was just um he was there when I woke up. So (laughs) um when I when I when I was having the, the nightmare and he was there so I, I didn't really need to um, go anywhere necessarily afterwards okay. did, what what did what did he do what did he do um well you know he he uh, well he held me. How do you? I? 
like you know like how someone would hold you if you were if you were having a hard time and you needed you needed uh like how you were holding Havel similarly except in a different way except maybe the a same different way. way what do you mean <sighs> a different way forget it i didn't really know okay it's probably not a huge thing when i woke up um i accidentally stabbed him he uh I get I get kind of jumpy, you know. I I've lived alone most of my life, so if someone wakes okay. me up, so that, he kind of that's ruined. good to know. Yeah, I very good to know. Um, so we actually have not really talked about uh if it meant what it meant. Should if it meant what it meant. If it, if it meant a if it meant something or if it was just. You know, like, Melora, like a... I think you're trying to say something, but you're skipping around it a whole lot. Um, I didn't know if I am reading into things that aren't, you know, a, a big deal. That are just, that are just nice, not necessarily extra attached to it. Well. I can understand the confusion. Hi. <laughs> it is rather confusing. Um, I didn't want to assume, obviously, because then that would be very awkward. And what's your stance? On, on which part? On if there's intentions. Well, intentions sounds, you know, a little negative, actually. But if if there were feelings attached to these things that could just be you know just a nice person just doing doing nice things obviously mm-hmm. like that is, is is a thing that could be occurring um mm-hmm. if there are feelings attached then i wouldn't complain about it i see But like I said, um, he's very nice, so it could just be, you know, being, being nice. Could be just that. I mean, like I've said before, um, when you have to be around someone all day, you may, you may find that it's easier if you're nice to them, so that there isn't a conflict or anything. Mm-hmm. So why are you looking at me like that? What looking at you like what? Well I'm listening. Well, I know you're listening, but it's the eyebrow. I feel like I'm not saying something right. Malora, you are the last person who should be 
afraid of their words. I know. But, um... Words can... Not that I much care a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But... Words can cause trouble. When there doesn't need to be trouble. So I could... I could keep them to myself and just wonder about it. Um, but if the words are spoken and um, it is uh, a certain way, then now it's now it's that. Now there is no like there is no question about it, and then you have to kind of deal with that if it's if it's not. Uh, Laura, the one we don't have to talk about this anymore if you don't want to. <laughs> Alright. Um. How was the... How much time left do we have on what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's probably been about about two hours, probably. Okay. So if you if you didn't want to talk anymore, though, I could I could go over there, give you time. No, I'm I'm happy to talk. I just I don't want to make you any more uncomfortable than you already are. I'm not uncomfortable with you. <laughs> d- d- didn't get that uh, confused. I've. I am usually very prepared for everything that I will encounter in my life. But my mother didn't have the time nor the opportunity to prepare me for um, this or for anything about that kind of kind of missed the pivotal point that you may get with your parents where they tell you about how it works about um, this is what this means, this is what this doesn't mean, this is what this is how you know Um, I missed out on that part and I will never have the chance to ask her about it again well I can tell you that it's not really something that has a definitive answer. Which is probably the hardest part for me. Because if it were able to be answered easily, then then you could answer it, and then you could know, and then you could, you know, do what you're, what you're supposed to do um, about it and know what you're supposed to do about it or with it or things of that matter so I am I've never (laughs) I've never had to deal with this sort of thing before and all other obstacles in my life are things that can be easily overcome that um, have clear answers to them clear calculations that you can take to make sure that the answers are correct and that you'll make it to the other side unscathed and in one piece 
So, well, I recommend that you take it like everything else. Be careful. Sure. That's why I have not really said anything until now. Um, but, like I said, I've never, you know, had this sort of situation that I found myself in, and I didn't know what to make of it. And I didn't know, um, like I said, I mean, he's very kind, and he could just very well just be being kind, just like he is with everyone else. So it's hard to tell if, if I'm, you know, just looking for something. And that I want to tell myself that this means this or this means that or, or whatever. But um, what I do know is that although I had a hard time adjusting, I quite enjoy having to be within 120 feet of him. <laughs> you remind me a lot of me, Melora. Is that so? Hmm. Is that a good or a bad thing when you're talking about this? It's a scary thing. Have you been hurt before? Everybody's been hurt before. Sure. But I mean... In this way. Yes. I'm sorry to hear that. We didn't have to talk about it if it's still a sore wound. I will help you wherever you need help. Alright. Um... I'm very excited to see my mentor. I'm sure you are. Do you want to tell me about her? Um... Maybe when the others are awake. Alright. I'm sorry if, um... If I said something that made you upset or uncomfortable or anything like that. What do you mean? I don't know. It, it kind of seems like you aren't very pleased <laughs> to hear about um, me sleeping in Catherine's room. I... I just want to make sure that You... You don't get hurt. Well, that's very kind of you. I'm not saying I don't like, don't like Cather or think that he's going to like try and hurt you or anything. That's not what I'm trying to say. Sure. I'm just... Careful. Careful. 
I can respect that. And I am not saying by any means that tomorrow I'm going to wake up and do something about how I'm feeling. No. <laughs> not for a long while, I didn't see. Unless something happens. Or I have another night. And he's there again. Well, also know that you can come to me too. Of course. And if you ever have a problem, I'd like like you to know that you can come to me as well. If you want to, of course. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of you and how you handled that hag. I know I haven't really gotten the chance to speak to you about it, but I saw I had a front row seat to that troll and yeah. I am I know how how much that must mean for you and how much she's hurt you. So thank you. Of course. Well, was anyone else going to take watch tonight? Um, if we need a third, I would have volunteered. Okay. Alright. I will go wake up to Rack. Alright. Good night, Renaya. Good night. Same thing. Gently nudging the arm. Little bit of a further distance, though. Even even better this time. So it's a, a fist barely even clenched. <laughs> Alright. Hi. Uh, Third watch. Anything, anything crazy happen? Um, there's like a weird blood acid thing blood? over there. Um, we'll look at it more in the morning. It doesn't seem to be a concern. Just keep your eyes out for anything. Just some blood on the trail. It sounds way worse, no, 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 but I'm... we checked it out. Great. Okay. Well, I'll be here. Oh, Keep okay. watch. Good night. Do do do. Track, go oh. ahead and roll a perception check. Hey, that's a 17. Oh, yeah, you managed to find the same thing that um, Catherine Havel found and Melora and Renaya. Um, I already know the answer, but I don't happen to have, like, vials or anything on me, do I? Um, odd or even. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, odd. Uh, you have one vial on you. Oh, yes. I want to put some acid in it. Do it. Um, how are you going to get the acid in there? I'll take a bit of damage for this. Okay. I'll just stick my hand in it. Just... You take four points of poison damage. Oh, I'm immune to poison. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, great. You, you're like, I'm a winner. This is gonna hurt. Nope. And then just move on with your life. Awesome. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't actually do anything at all. No, no, no. no. Anyone else are just like, probably just gonna lie. But him, he, his skin barely like sticks up to his face anyway. So. Havel could pick it up. <laughs> oh. That's very accurate. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, keep Ooh, going. You know that's rough, buddy. That hurt. If I could feel, if I could feel anything, bro, right now, you were the one that touched the skeleton, bro. 
Okay, we can keep going. He didn't touch it. The skeleton touched him. <laughs> and then he broke a chair. So Sorry, keep going. <laughs> Anything that you're going to do to Man. trap? Ah, uh, nope. Cool. Nothing crazy. <laughs> you guys all awake in the morning um, to um, a relatively overcast day. Uh, the clouds aren't looming or dark or anything like that, um, but there are not a whole lot of, um, there's not a lot of open sky by any means. The dew lightly covers the thick vegetation that surrounds you. Alright everyone, you all time to wake up. Time to get up. I'm literally dying here. Aye, let's, let's go. Edward goes, mmm. From his bedroll and kind of. Edward, I will push you the into way. the dew. Into the morning dew. Do you want that? Do you want a wet, damp awakening? Maybe like five minutes. I have. Edward, oh if you goodness. don't get up, I'll carry you. Oh gosh. But five minutes won't kill half. You don't know that. I go over and pick him up. <laughs> he, he, uh, he's been wearing gloves since his hands went decrepit. And it's nice because now the rot has spread about halfway down his floor. I wear, I wear a jacket. Oh, it's nice. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. You, can tell. you can feel it, but nobody else can see it. Gross. Um, Renaya is going to go up to Havel. You go up to Havel, and there's a nice, good smell of decay to him. Uh, Hello, Renaya. Hi. What? How, how is it, how's it feeling? Well, Renaya, let me put it like this. I can't. <laughs> Wait, <Havel>. at all? <laughs> huh? Havel? Where are your earrings? Well, oh, <laughs> that's a funny story. Malora yelled at me, <laughs> and she made me make a promise, and I have—I had nothing else to present of meaning because I have no value to—I have nothing of value on my person except for those pieces of jewelry so i presented her with one as a token of said promise now that being said the promise does extend to all of you um i kind of want it back if i'm going to be entirely honest i don't like the idea that she had it i i do have the other one though it's it's, it's on the necklace right now but uh I... yeah i don't okay. know do, do you want the other one? Honestly, at this point, they're too much trouble than they're worth. N no, no, I, I, just, I just knew they were really They are very important to, you, to me, which is why I'm very anxious about whether or not she will lose it. I'm currently attempting to pick up Edward. Oh, Edward's kind of like squirming around and fighting you on it. I'm, I'm oh. doing, I'm full on worming like, in, in, my, in my bedroll away from track going, no, no, this is not hey, happening. This DM, is not happening. DM, for Grant's sake, did he ever roll his hit die? Uh, Grant, did you ever roll your hit die? No. Because you like leveled up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't my hit dice is a D8. Oh, no, I know that. Grant, but you leveled up Last night. Hooray! Everyone Last should be night. level three now. Pog. <laughs> um, but Tarak will look over at Havel and be like, "Have you ever considered that you don't need to like stab yourself or like forgive someone? Like you could just say, I promise.'" At this point, he scoops up like, Edward. <laughs> uh, words mean nothing. 
most times. Did Tarak actually scoop up Edward? Tarak, did you actually scoop up Edward? I mean, unless he gets up. Mm. <laughs> if you stand up, then I'm not going to pick you no. up. Uh, he, yeah, I'll say he squirms out of his his bedroll and stands up and points, like, steps back and points at Tarak and say, You are never picking me up again. Don't you dare try it. We're kind of on a deadline, so... <sighs> All right, let's get a move on. Really quickly, I, um, while that was going on, Havel is going to turn to Ryan and be like, um, because I'm not entirely sure if I'll be able to say this in a couple of days if this doesn't work out. Thank you. For everything. Really. Well, you are very welcome for saving you about two days from now, so let's go! I should mention, it doesn't seem like acid, it seems more like poison. Um, the pools on the ground. Wait, so what? Which, right, oh yeah, right. did poison you guys pools on the no ground? No idea what you're talking about, let's continue on, I mean, shall we? No, no, I would like, be very interested to know why you didn't share that information with the people taking watch after you, just in case. Sorry, Tarek, it actually, it is acid damage. Oh, never I, mind, yeah. it's totally I'm acid. Sorry, I lied. I, <laughs> it's super, totally it's like crazy acid. Sorry, sorry. Uh, you, you take, you take one, one HP of damage. Did anything bother you? Nice. Luckily not, but what if what if it had? What if um we had no idea we were supposed to be looking out for something and we got attacked? Wait, you did know it I mean, was I there? Did. I'm confused. I, I'm so I thought sure it showed up in between. Oh. And you didn't tell us? You didn't think that that was information that we should know, being as we had that watch after you, and if it was still around, whatever it was that did this, or whoever it was, could have very well been Well, I'm well, very astute, and I noticed that it was less I mean, than... It was probably over a week old. Is that fresh? Alright. He's also kind of losing body parts, so he is a little Well, distracted. I'm not really talking about him right now. Oh, hey, if you guys I... are going to talk, can I lay down for a bit? <sighs> no, no, no we're, we gotta keep, we... we're walking. This conversation can happen further on the road, Edward. Literally, um, five minutes wouldn't kill anyone. I'm just saying, Edward, I'm up, I'm not going you. back to bed, I'm just, just saying. If you just being such a baby about it, and you let Tarak hold you, because you know you just don't want to be walking. We are off like... to a great start. Okay, how much would you enjoy a giant orc scooping you up off the ground when you're trying to sleep? You didn't want to walk, you didn't want to be held, make up your mind, I mean, honestly. Have, I have, have a, in... At this point, there is a little bit of a slide <laughs> of the rocks down the mountainside that you guys can hear. You turn and see um, a little shift in the rock side that is causing this little tumble of dirt and gravel. Alright, everybody move. What was that? Sure, it's nothing. Everything shifts all the time. Edward, if you're so tired, here. And then... Uh... Okay. Yes, but I'm sorry. What? Uh, no, you're good. Keep going. I'm oh, walking my... ahead. <laughs> I'm going I'm to going... be walking with Renaya on the side, facing the, uh, How... the like tumbling rock. Okay. I'm going to Pebble walk as well. Pebble in Infernal casts um, the the freaking floating discs. Okay. And I go lay on that, you whiny baby. There's I don't another know if I trust you. <laughs> shift of rubble down the mountainside. Edward, whether or not you trust him, you need to start moving, okay. if, unless you want to be splattered by rocks. I don't want to be on your magic disc. I don't know where you're going to put it's that It's going thing. to follow I us within the space I'm of one I'm fine. Feet. I'm fine. I'm going to hurt you. 
you hear a gentle stuff. rumbling. Go, go, everyone, what go. What is that? Everyone, we need to start moving. I'm, going I'm to moving. Start. And he starts. Did moving. anyone mention that these are are these still volcanoes? Go, oh, no. go, go. You, <laughs> you guys begin hustling, making your way. Um, who is in the back of the group? Edward. Edward's at the back of the group. Yeah. And Havel? Question mark. Okay. Uh, you guys begin moving along, um, frustrated and tired, and begin trying to make as much ground, cover as much ground as you can. Um, Edward, you notice at first, followed quickly by Havel. Behind you, there is the biggest shift of gravel yet. This large, tumbling avalanche of of rock and debris and dirt and you look up for where it kind of stemmed from and you can see around the corner of one of these cliff sides these the first thing you notice are two tips before you realize the horns that come up and around the side of this draconic head that shifts around mm. with horns coming out the backside <laughs> and it right. shifts over and what? Is there any place for us to take cover? Uh, guys, uh, guys, uh, there's a thing. There's a really big thing up there. Have uh, a roll a perception check or an investigation check, whichever is better. Uh, investigation. Oh, no. <laughs> Go ahead and roll. <coughs> oh man, yeah, that hurts. Okay, yeah, that's a one. That's a nat one. <laughs> Ooh, nat one counter. Havel, you look back and see this frightening presence of what you immediately recognize to be um, a black uh -huh. dragon. Oh, you watch as it steps past and down before looking over at you and making eye contact with you. And it almost grins. Oh, God. As it steps down... And it's not as large as you expected it to be. It moves Except down, that. and you realize it's about the size of maybe three small or three large horses. Um, and it slides down the mountainside before doing one flap of its wings and goes barreling towards you guys. And that's we're where dead. we're going to end uh, this no! session. No! <laughs> guys, we're not going to know what happens until next oh year. Oh my gosh! Ooh! Why? <laughs> At least we're starting off the year with a bang, right? Fighting a dragon? He said, he said, cliffhanger. Earlier, <laughs> earlier today. He said, merely my cliffhanger. Oh, he literally I, meant yeah, I saw this coming. cliffhanger. Our party said level three and DJ said dragon. D DJ really did just say hey, dragon. Some, some, some <laughs> dragons are kind of level three. -ish. No. Hey, uh, <laughs> DJ... Okay, I rolled no, 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 a, like wormlings, maybe yeah. a young dragon if you're lucky. Yeah. I don't yeah. know about black dragons. Black dragons hey. are a little higher. Hey, guys. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Hey, every, hey, just because it's a black dragon does not mean it couldn't be a wormling hey. or a young dragon. Hey, exactly. Hey, DJ. Yeah. I rolled a one for my hit dice. I get to re-roll that, right? Yes, yes, you do. Yay. <laughs> I rolled a one again. Yeah, if you guys are I rolled a two. Nice. I'm guessing you get to keep that. Hey, yes. hey, um, guys, Edward's still based. just a quick reminder, next week isn't going to be a regular scheduled paper dungeon, but in fact going to be a Christmassy one-shot, or holiday one-shot, run by yours truly, M me. 
come, come check, it check out, out <laughs> the stream. I would gladly enjoy spreading holiday cheer. Do we get a taste of the theme, or do you want to wait? Um, we we literally know nothing about this so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they all literally don't know anything about this. Um, hmm. Think colorful. Yeah, colorful. colorful Happy-ish. Depends. Ish. This is a very new experience. Um, <laughs> I'm. Right. I'm. I. I like to think it's uh, it's Krampus, but if Krampus was lighthearted and jovial, <laughs> great. Okay, so the movie Krampus <laughs> was lighthearted and jovial. Let's be clear. <laughs> so basically, Santa Claus, the opposite of but Krampus, he still murders children. the one that eats children that are bad. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, but he, I'm, he but has a good time with it. it. Gotcha. But well, that'll like, be a blast. He's like, wow, well, children are low in cholesterol, so at least well, I'm looking worry about out it. for it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out. Also, go check out our merch store. Um, we don't have time to. And we'll be back <laughs> next year, guys. Uh, share us with your friends. Please, please yeah, share dude, us. That's so give, us, give us a follow. It's share so us with your friends. Help. It's a big help. And really check out is. our merch. Um, Tell everybody about we appreciate the fact everyone that I, I Check out our merch. Give Ginger a pat. I love that. Oh, yeah, give pad, check out our merch. Share with your friends. Awesome. And DJ, I believe this is the time for you to say our, our end statement. Good Don't luck mess it up. and Godspeed, Dungeoneers. We'll no, see you next didn't, time. No, he didn't. He was close, but he, yes! he, he did. He did. Good luck yeah. and Godspeed. Right? Yeah, yeah, good luck and Godspeed. Isn't that it? Yeah, no. He got the important. He got the important. See you next time. Bye. We did it. Thanks for listening to the Paper Dungeon Podcast. For more episodes and information, visit our website at www.thepaperdungeon.com. And while you're there, check out our merch store for some cool t-shirts and stickers. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck and Godspeed, Dungeoneers. We'll see you next time.